ladies and gentlemen. All right, Wayne, you got your way. Fulia is going to a psychiatrist. She's going to tell Fulia to leave us. It'll break up the team and you'll have to live with Philip and pick beans. Kendall, I like picking beans with Philip. Well, keep it up then. Okay, I will. Good. You do that. Fine. You'll be picking many a bean. Hope I do. For this is a Fred the Aliens Productions podcast. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. (laughs) Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Hello. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm Wayne Stellini. <laughs> you are now experiencing a podcast called Friends. Yeah, you are. Episode 102. Oh, well into it now. Well into it no now. No going back. I was literally going to say, no turning back. No. <laughs> no turning back. Sadly, we are uh, down one Fulia this week. We are. Miss Fulia's not here at the moment. She's not here. She's working hard for the money. She most certainly is. You're yes. not the only one, Kendall. Not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore not anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh yeah she wish she could be here but she'll probably be most likely on the show next week yes hopefully hopefully fingers crossed yeah um but wayne and i we're gonna have a big epic chat in the fred shed today yes starting with the week that was and boy have both of us had a week we most certainly have <laughs> oh my goodness yes yes wayne tell talk us through yes. this this was a big big one for you especially yeah it was uh so a a cute little play called The Boy I Paid For uh, finished its extended season yep. run yep. Uh, at the Butterfly Club in Melbourne CBD. Yes. And it was beyond what I could ever imagine. Yeah. So about this time last year, I was probably finalizing the original handwritten script for this and the notes because I tend to write my plays over summer. Mm. And... Yeah, and really just getting ready to to type it all up and pitch it to my to our mate Philip, yes. <laughs> so the uh, my co artistic director at Writers Block Theatre, mm-hmm. and I can tell you now that while I was sitting in his lounge room and we were reading the script, uh, I could not anticipate how huge this show has become. Um, look, it didn't set any box office records or anything. But it was huge for both of us and huge yeah. for all of us involved. Absolutely. Because, um, Kendall, you were heavily involved as well, which I was, was lovely. in the second week especially. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And, yeah, it was just phenomenal. So we had sold out our first night. The uh, venue had asked us if we wanted to extend our season because they'd had a cancellation. And Philip and I talked about it. We talked... I then went to the to the cast and asked if they wanted to do it because it's not what they signed up for. Mm. Uh, and they were keen. They said, let's just do this. Like, we'll be exhausted. <laughs> we'll be dead tired. <clears throat> yeah. We won't be able to string sentences together. But, hey, why not? And um, the two beautiful boys, of Johnny Kinnear and Jake Matricardi, were, were all for it and just did some outstanding work over the two-week two run. It was gorgeous. Yeah. And, Brilliant. Yeah, we, you know, didn't know how it would play out. Because we said, well, look, you know, we've got a really strong week, first week. 
because people have been planning their midsummer activities since November. Yeah. And with six days notice, we add five extra show days mm. at a later time slot of 8.30. And ticket sales were trickling through. And then for some reason, everyone decided to come in on closing night. But the whole second week was actually quite strong. We were really yeah. happy with the numbers. and It was great. Word of mouth was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was somebody there who had seen the show three times. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, <sighs> and, you know, people coming in because others had told them about it. Mm-hmm. And reading Facebook messages of people tagging their friends to, you need to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, the feedback we've been getting about how people are relating to the characters and how raw everything felt. Uh, and it just, I'm just absolutely amazed uh, as well. It was lovely to have critical acclaim on this one as well. That the boys got the shout out for the hard work they've done. Mm, much um, deserved. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, to to hear that people really connected with the story and could relate on our critique on the ramifications of our obsession with youth and beauty, mm. uh, which you know this play never aimed to solve the problems of the world. No. Uh, if anything, it raised more questions than answers, I think. And I think that that was its intention, really. Yeah. Uh, Because one of the angles that we always went through was that it was an unconventional therapy session. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in your first therapy session, you only begin to crack the surface. And I think we did that. It had people talking. It had some people saying, I'm going to need some time to think about this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm just overwhelmed uh kendall uh, by by the the success that that it has enjoyed and i'm just so proud of everyone who's worked on it um you know you you sit in a cafe and uh start scribbling notes on 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 paper because i'm a living cliche and you just don't (laughs) know that it will play to so many people yeah we got over 480 people watching the show which is just amazing for so good yeah for your first production as writers block absolutely yeah. you know uh there's about 160 events running at midsummer across three weeks and so many people came and chose our show to be a part of their midsummer yeah experience mm-hmm. um people all across victoria uh interstate as well yeah uh, yeah new south wales the act south australia uh, audience members came from Canada and the United States and oh, made crap. our show a part of their midsummer experience. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it's just that's wonderful. Yeah, m- mind bending. Yeah, mind-bending. yeah, it's 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 crazy. We yeah. had no idea. No, no, it was going to be this huge, uh, like of a hit for us. No, absolutely, and for you guys, for yeah. writers block. And oh, absolutely, for everybody involved that works so hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's lovely when people respond really well to it because mm-hmm. you're right. We all work so hard on it Mm. um and it's nice for all of us to enjoy its success Mm. um and yeah the the venue is very happy with us beautiful Uh, venue butterfly oh please check it out it's if you just want somewhere to hang after work do it it's gorgeous and see a show while you're there as well yeah they're always putting on fun creative artistic and funny like they do a lot of comedy there they do comedy and cabaret yeah yeah um if you like life drawing there's burlesque life drawing on tuesday nights and i think there's uh some old school piano bar stuff going on it's one of the most it's one of the most unique venues in melbourne I oh think. absolutely yeah. is and the staff are just so lovely they're and so friendly. nice yes it's good people yeah and you want to talk about diversity and inclusion oh. mm-hmm. um the butterfly club is very much a venue that says come as you are and yeah. very accepting and amazing yeah and it was lovely seeing that 
that range and diversity in our audience as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah Highly so, noticeable. Yeah, so many different uh, people from different walks of life came in. And it was lovely that even though the, the play isn't a queer festival and it's written from a queer point of view with a queer lens, that so many people who do not identify as queer could relate to it mm. as well. That's some of the main feedback I got. And I was just so happy uh, because at the end of the day, the whole point of telling queer stories is to show that queer humans and queer people's experiences are the same as everybody else's. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that that's, that's a lovely thing. It is lovely. Yeah. So it's I'm the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Because we're all people. Human experiences are human experiences. That's right. We all feel the same things. We do. And yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe the, maybe Bo and Keith might be back one day. We, we never know. Hope so. Anything's possible. Yes. <laughs> really hope so. Um, so that's dominated my actual fortnight. Yeah, it really <laughs> um, has. Hasn't yeah. It? Uh, I went goodness. back to work the other, the day after and i was an absolute zombie but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understandable could not function no uh but yeah but it but it's it's been lovely and heartwarming as well and mm-hmm. uh yeah the cast and crew look forward to reuniting in a few weeks uh for a bit of a reflective dinner and celebration of all of our hard work so yes. we look forward to that yeah and um, it's gonna be great yeah uh how about yourself kendall i know you've been hanging out with me <laughs> a little bit i have but what else have you been up to yes well apart from uh spending four nights of my last week at the butterfly club yes. helping out with the show and yes. getting to see it for free <laughs> every yeah. night as an added bonus a absolutely re- a wonderful reward yes um yeah that's been fantastic um and i'm yeah, I've been saying it to you so much, mm. but I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of everyone. Yes, thank it's you. It's incredible. You guys deserve all the success in the world, honestly. Thanks, Kendall. Uh, yeah, of course. I Couldn't mean, do it without you. No, oh, stop. <laughs> you could. Um, <laughs> um, well, apart from that, yes, my week has been yeah pretty, pretty crazy busy. Yeah, because I've just been at work during the days and mm. getting all that done. So I haven't really had much time to myself no. to think but it's fine because it's you know it feels good to be busy at the same time like i don't i don't mind being too too crazy busy but mm. you know sometimes you just need a night where you can just go oh, oh absolutely yeah i yeah. i honestly prefer the busy days at work make oh it, busy days at work make yes. it crazy and yeah and yeah. but you're right sometimes you just need to just crash yeah, right? yeah 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 but it's been no i've done a lot of good things this week apart from yeah apart from writer's block and the boy i paid for um, and I caught up with Christina. Hi, Christine. <laughs> uh, the other day, and we finally sat down and watched The Irishman. Ooh, hello. Yes, so quickie review coming up for Ooh, that one. Can't wait to hear on. about that. Yes, we also watched the first episode of The Witcher. Hey. Um, and that was fantastic. And Henry Cavill is amazing. Mm. Like Such so, a talented actor. He's so talented, and I've, you know, I mean, I've only seen him do superman really yeah like, i haven't really i haven't watched the tudors and yeah i haven't um really seen much of his other stuff but um but yeah as as Geralt, like he's yeah he's good in everything he does he's actually so, yeah because yeah. i've seen him in the tudors and oh, i saw him in i can't the name now escapes me but he was in like a, a spy movie that was a remake of a tv show Oh, The Man From Uncle. The Man From Uncle, that's yes. correct, yes. I, I, was that a good film? I actually enjoyed it, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I think it did poorly at the box office it and critically. Did, yeah, but, um, but... but no, 
It was fun. It was you fun. know, it, it was what it was, but you know, he did a really good job in it. It was yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I feel like I need to watch that because it's it's Henry Cavill and Army Hammer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, like hello. <laughs> <laughs> Two fantastic men. Uh, and a phenomenal female cast in that film mm. as well. Alicia Vikander and Elizabeth yeah. Debicki. Yeah. A lot yeah, no, no, it's a, it was a good movie. Yeah. yeah, nice. I'll add it to the list. Um but yes, Witcher, highly recommend right, you checking do, yeah. it out. Very, very, very okay. cool. Definitely going to be the next Game of Thrones, I feel. Because yeah. it's blown up the internet quite a bit. Great. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, like, it was one of my really good friend's uh, birthdays today. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday, Beck. Um, hey, Beck, happy birthday. <laughs> um, I went down to her place with her partner, Jamil, and their little girl, Maddie, Aww. who's, I think, about to turn four months. Four, oh. four or five months old now. Too she's, cute. She's so adorable. Too cute for Oh, my God. And she was, like, staring at me yesterday <laughs> with her big blue eyes, Aww. making funny faces. Yeah. Um, she's so adorable. But, yeah, we went out for, for burgers and, and got some gelato. Like, we drove down to Mornington because they live in Frankston. So it was, okay. yeah, pretty close. And even though it was raining and mm. shitty weather yesterday, we still went and had a really nice time. Mm. Um but then one of the surprising highlights for my week, I just wanted to mention, um, is the fact that I had some time at work to make some cool signs. You did. I did. You did. I, I've seen some things on Instagram. Yeah, I've been putting thing, putting them up on social media because I've been pretty, I don't know, chuffed at myself, yeah, I so guess. Yeah, they've been great. Yeah, thank you. So tell us about your signs. Well, I mean, the main thing I want to say about... <laughs> That them is the fact that so one of them the main reason I bring this up is the fact that one of them uh, I I did a sign for a true crime display and I took the like the sign off or slash slogan from one of my favorite podcasts called My Favorite Murder. Yes, it's a true crime podcast that everyone should check out if you love true crime and you Mm. love comedy as well because it's hosted by two hilarious women right um and yeah they're phenomenal yeah um georgia hardstark and karen kilgariff right american ladies uh and then they have this a a third a third party of their their podcast he's named Stephen ray morris and he's kind of does the behind the scenes stuff and he chimes in every now and then (laughs) yeah so what happened was my wonderful friend beck who got me into the podcast after I put up the sign, so their slogan is stay sexy and don't get murdered. Right. So I wrote stay sexy and don't get murdered without true crime DVDs. <laughs> and did like blood spatter on it. Yeah, and, I remember that. And made the writing look kind of sinister looking. Yeah. And it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. And and Beck, being the lovely girl she is, she tagged Stephen Ray Morris in my part, like in, in a comment, she said some love from down under. Oh. He saw it liked it put it in his instagram story wow yeah <laughs> i lost my i was gonna say mind. did you just die i did <laughs> because i'm like because beck messaged me when she she like i did i i don't really follow uh like i don't i don't really go on instagram too much yeah and i don't really get the whole story thing i don't really do that myself so i had no idea and she messaged me she's like kendall he put you in his story like and it's like i don't know he's got like 10 or 20 different yeah. things in his story. But yeah. like... Um, but yours like, was one of them. Mine was one of them. And Beck was like, do you know how many people are going to see the sign you made? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was 
losing my shit. Yeah. And then the fact, the possibility that, yeah, that Karen and Georgia themselves would have probably seen it. Might have, probably would have seen it. Or they'd be friends with him um, via Instagram, so they would have seen his story. Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, I made the sign. I was just like, I didn't even know I was going to write it when I came into work that day, but when it came to me in the moment of me just going, I need to come up with something for true crime. Yeah. And then I've gone, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Gorgeous. I know, thank you. And I was really happy with like, you know, the other um, one of the other signs I did. He also put in his story, which was uh, we had an aliens display, and I pr- mm. I printed off a picture of Mulder at his desk with his "I want to believe" poster yeah. in the background, and I wrote "The truth is right here" <laughs> inside our uh, UFO DVDs. That's, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So so Stephen Ray Morris put both of those signs in his story, and I was just like, he's like, he's got no idea what JB is, but it doesn't matter. No, I know. <laughs> that's right. When I put it up, I, I hashtagged it as JB Hi-Fi as well. So yeah. Just to yeah. That's gorgeous. I know. So I'm like so yeah. I'm yeah. so thrilled, and I I. I wrote to him and I said thank you for putting me in my story he didn't he didn't get back to me but I don't care yeah it's fine I've had my moment <laughs> like that was just really nice and I thanked Beck for it like uh, her partner Jamil messaged me and was like Kendall you're an Instagram influencer now <laughs> and I said I think I have your lovely partner to thank for that and he was just like yeah <laughs> it was very cute I love that yeah so that was probably one of the apart from all the other wonderful things I did yeah. this week that was a big what a gorgeous highlight I know yeah. a random thing that happened to me so yeah I thought Yay. really good thank you okay. thank you it was really nice especially because I'm not like I'm I'm a creative person yes oh yeah but you know Doing, making signs and doing art is just a byproduct of my job. Like, yeah. It's just something fun I get to do every once in a while. Yeah. Not very often, but I've been having a lot of fun with it lately. Good on you. So, and they came out great as well. Thank Kendall. you. It's really good. Thank you. I also really liked my Tom Hanks one. Yes. It was like, there's no crying in JB. It's yes. a picture of him from League of Their Own. Yeah. It's one of his most famous lines. It is. And it's my probably my favorite Tom Hanks movie, actually. Oh, it's up there. It's so good. Yeah. I love it. I don't have ballpers. I've got girls. Yes. <laughs> I remember as a t- sidebar, I just remember as a teenager um, counting the seconds he peed for. <laughs> Do you In remember the number I've scene? never counted? No, it was between 30 to 60 seconds. It was a long time. It could time. not have gone a minute. Really? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was nearly a minute. That's so funny. It was crazy. I mean, we've all been there, let's be honest. We, yeah. yeah. Well, we're yeah. human. It's we fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Oh gosh! But anyway, so that's that's our week. So it was <laughs> bless. Um. <laughs> I love that you know. So not even twenty minutes into our podcast, we're talking about Tom Hanks urinating. I think it's amazing. Can the man do nothing wrong? No, <laughs> nothing wrong. No, nothing wrong. Not possible. Not possible. Okay. All right. So that's the week that was with us. Yes, it was. It's time to get into the week that was in the nerdy news. Let's do it. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most S. Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alright, so 
We are traditionally not a sports-related podcast, but we are one that is heavily influenced by pop culture. Mm-hmm. And the man that I'm about to mention was a heavy influencer of popular culture, and that is the legendary Kobe Bryant that yes. suddenly passed away a week ago. Um, very, very shocking. Very, very upsetting. Mm. Um, that day I went to work. I had the first customer I served had a Lakers jersey on. I didn't mention it because I was just like, mm, okay, you're taking your moment and you're paying homage and yeah. you, you know, yes, you, you got to do that. I'm like, I don't want to make him, I don't want to make him cry. But um, it was very, very, very sad. And I, yeah, I was upset and just the fact that I have always felt he seemed like a very genuine person. Yeah, you very, get that vibe, don't you? You got that vibe. Like he was just very, yeah. very warm, very kind hearted and uh, had a good spirit about him. My my favorite association with Kobe, and this is just cliche of me to say and predictable, but he spoke at Michael Jackson's memorial service in 2009, him and Magic Johnson. Okay. Uh, They were both friends with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Kobe and MJ used to have conversations in the nineties and maybe into the two thousands on the phone. And Mm. they would like, Kobe went to Neverland a few times and they hung out and, um, yeah, there are many interviews online, if anyone's curious, of Kobe Bryant talking about how much Michael Jackson influenced him, yeah. um, not just as uh, being the, you know, the king of pop, you know, and all of the, the music stuff, but he taught him the work ethic and yeah. what you put in and what you need to get out of it and yeah. all the hard work and how it pays off. And yeah. I imagine yeah. for a lot of young black people, especially Michael Jackson would have been such a huge influence. Oh, absolutely. The work ethic, the, uh, you know, humanitarian side, absolutely. Um, the talent, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and just the backstory itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it really does seem like Kobe took that on board mm. in his own career. Um, but I just wanted to mention a few of his like big like records that he still holds. Yeah. Um, he's still the youngest player ever to start an NBA game. Okay. Um, he was 18 years and 158 days old um, when he made his first NBA debut against the Dallas Mavericks in January of 1977. Um, the Lakers won that game as well. Um, he was the youngest player ever to feature in an all-star game when he was just 19 years old in 1998. Um, he earned a joint record for the most MVP awards. He scored the most points of, in a single game, in one game of the modern era. Um, he scored 81 points, just oh, him. Wow. In one game. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, against the Toronto Raptors in January of 2006. Ten more than anyone had ever scored before. Um yeah, it goes on and on. There are many, many more records like that. It's just insane. He was one of the best. Mm. Absolutely, easily one of the best. And also uh, uh, an Oscar winner. Right. I don't know if you know this, way. I not know this. So he um, made, well, he wrote a, um, a, a short film, an animated short film, mm. that won Best Animated Short at the Oscars in 2018. Uh, it came out in... Uh, 2017 and basically it was based on this letter that Kobe had written um, to 
to the NBA, I suppose, when he announced his retirement. Okay. Uh, and so it kind of got turned into a sort of a poem, sort of a story. Oh, okay. Um, that became the plot of this short film, um, which is uh, the plot goes on the eve of his retirement from the NBA. Kobe Bryant describes his love for the game, which began when he was a young child. From his youthful dreams of glory to his 20-year career, Bryant describes how basketball and he have given each other all they had while Bryant was in his prime. Uh, what, what was the movie called? So it's called Dear Basketball. Oh, cute. Which is the name of the letter yeah. that started the whole thing. Um, and it was directed by Glenn Keane, who was actually a Disney animator. Nice. Um, and he'd never won an Oscar for his animated animation work either um and kobe bryant was actually the first african-american to win an oscar in that category best animated short and also the uh the first like professional athlete to ever win yeah exactly yeah period so an incredible achievement that is amazing Yeah, yeah yeah so as we say goodbye to kobe i just wanted to mention some of his highlights and yes. show, show him some love because, yeah, the world, a lot of people around the world, and I can understand yes. <laughs> very much. I know a lot of people listening can understand, even if you're not a huge fan of basketball or Kobe Bryant in general, you can resonate with what yeah. he meant to people. So. Oh, absolutely. And that yeah. also that his oldest daughter went with him as well. Oh, I know. Incredibly sad. And it's she was so there sad. carrying on his legacy. She was a wonderful athlete in her own right she and was, was getting there yep. as well. Had a a wonderful career ahead of her. She did. Yeah. It's, it's just a complete tragedy. And to the seven other people as well. Absolutely. Who yes. Lost their lives. Yeah. Um, it's just an unthinkable tragedy. And yeah, I, yeah, hopefully, hopefully nothing like that happens. Yeah. Happens again. Cause it, yeah, for some reason it just seems like an accident that maybe could have been avoided, but I think so. But hindsight's hindsight, hindsight, isn't it? hindsight is hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what a wonderful <sighs> legacy to leave behind. Absolutely yeah. wonderful legacy. Kobe Bryant, may you rest in peace. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm getting emotional. I mean, he was fantastic. Um, anyway, it's okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Moving on to some uh, uplifting, more positive news now. And we're going to start with some Marvel news, which has me very excited, or should I say has me going, wow. <laughs> Owen Wilson is going to be in the Loki TV series. Well, with, indeed. With my man, with Tom Hiddleston. Yes, uh, they haven't announced exactly what character he's going to be playing. Mm. Good guy, bad guy. In lover. Somewhere in the middle, lover. Mm, who maybe. knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, that. but there's been photos of Owen and Tom hanging out uh, down in Atlanta. They've just started production. So it's super, super exciting. And yeah, we'll get more news on that as it develops. I'm sure we'll hear about it from you. We will. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely will. I'm so excited. Okay. Moving into something Wayne, I know, is excited about. (laughs) Although I will flag now, I'm not going to be as excited as you were just. No, probably not. Few people are. Few people are ever my level of excitement over things. Oh, but it's fine. It is um, fine. It is fine. Okay, so we've got some news coming out of The Crown, uh, the fantastic series on Netflix. Do you need to take a moment, mate? I'm okay. <laughs> it is so adorable, Leslie. Oh, so up. excited by, by, by Loki series. Loki. I know, I know. I know. I know, I'm 12. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I never grew up. Um, but yes, the crown, the crown, the crown, the crown. Peter Morgan, the creator, 
the head writer, the head guru on that excellent show, uh, has said that The Crown will be coming to an end with its fifth and final season, mm. which is sad to hear, but at the same time it makes sense, I suppose, because of the way the story has been going. Um, ended on a high. Ended on a high. Uh, Morgan also said that uh, it's, yeah, basically this is... The yeah. end of the natural kind of flow of the story just seems like the right time to end it. Um, but they also simultaneously, whilst announcing the end of the show, uh, said that the very talented Imelda Staunton will mm. be playing Queen Elizabeth II in the uh, final season. Right. After Olivia concludes her run, I think, later this year when yeah. season four comes. Um, for those who don't recognize the name, uh, Harry Potter fans will know her as Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> yes. And if Fulia was here, she would have some things to say <laughs> uh but umbridge is i've always i love umbridge but mm. only because she's such a great villain i agree uh and i've always said she's a better villain than voldemort mm. in my opinion i think she's fantastic and the I'm, villains in the harry potter franchise are so much fun aren't they, they are. they're, they're well well written very and the well. films well-performed villains absolutely yeah. yeah just top notch um so it's going to be different for me because i haven't really seen uh imelda in much of her other works no i haven't either um so it's going to be yeah it's going to be interesting to see her play someone who's so you know <laughs> regal regal and yeah just all around you know mm. Represents kind of good things, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of things to maybe look forward to, I know I'm excited. I don't know how Wayne feels, but we'll find out in a sec. Mm. Uh, Taron Egerton, Rocket Man himself, is in talks to play uh, Seymour in the upcoming Little Shop of Horrors remake. Mm -hmm. I am so down for this. I think it's a perfect choice. It's not set in stone yet, but uh, Wayne, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, I've actually only seen the original version of Little Shop of Horrors, the black and white version, which featured a very young Jack Nicholson back in the day. Oh, yeah. One wow. of his earliest roles. I haven't seen the more famous remake You haven't remake seen of the it. Rick Moranis version? No. <gasps> no of it, clearly. But, you um, would love it, not, I feel. not actually seen that one. Oh, my goodness. So I'm not overtly a attached to Little Shop of Horrors as a story because mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't one that I like, grew up with or anything like sure, that. Sure. But I mean, it feels like when everything is getting remade anyway and, well. or rebooted or reimagined, mm -hmm. hey, Disney, uh, <laughs> like, why not? It might be actually fun to in introduce this to a new generation who probably haven't even seen the Rick Moranis one, really. Yeah, um, yeah. That's so, yeah, what it's so, going to do. Yeah, in terms of the, the grand scheme of remakes that, that are being issued, this one doesn't offend me and, has Good. me curious, actually. Yeah, I'm very curious. Mm. Very, very curious. Especially to see if they're going to... Um, what kind of uh, time period it's going to be set yes, in. Yes, true. You know? Um, because, yeah, even the time period of the... Um, the, the Rick Moranis version is a mm. bit ambiguous. I think it's supposed to be the 50s. Yeah, like when it's sort of traditionally yeah, set. Yeah, I think it is, but they never explicitly say. Yeah. I feel like it's 50s, 60s, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, I'm yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, Taron killed it as Elton John, mm -hmm. as we all know. Um, there is also a, a rumour that uh, Scarlett Johansson might be joining this film and playing Audrey. Then do it. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise how I feel about Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. No surprise. Yes, we both love her. Mm -hmm. She is wonderful. And she can sing. I yeah. don't know if you know. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Scarlet can do many things. She can do many, many things. Yes. So uh, hopefully this film comes along quick because I am very, very curious yeah. to see it. 
Um, all right, well, another good segue. Speaking of sequels, reboots, remakes, mm. um, Lethal Weapon 5 is happening, guys. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I have, like you said about Little Shop of Horrors, I have nothing against yeah. this film if it gets made and it doesn't offend me if it exists. Yeah, especially because Danny Glover and Mel Gibson are coming back They're for it. They're both coming back. Yeah. But- and Richard Donner is going to direct. Oh, wow. Yep. I wonder if Joe, uh, Joe Pesci will be in it. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. It'll be funny, though, because now, you know, one of the traditional lines in the original franchise from Danny Glover was, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. Now they're all getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I really feel like that should be, like, the... It should be Lethal Weapon, lethal weapon 5, colon, I'm too old for this yeah, shit. Yeah, too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. that's literally what it's going to... Well, oh, that's going to be the tagline. Yeah, oh, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, I like the Lethal Weapon franchise. I think they're just fun action <clears throat> movies. They yeah, are, I'm yeah. I'm of them. I like them. They are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're really good. I really like the first one too. First one's good, yeah. Classic. <clears throat> Classic and introducing the two of them and the way they play off each yeah. other. And I mean, it's a traditional buddy cop movie, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. But again, it, it's, it works its formula well. And mm-hmm. hello, Dick Donner. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best directors ever. Yeah. Like, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hopefully going to be very good. Yeah, um, I'm okay with this. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah, so I think we'll look for that... Um, Probably next year or mm. maybe the year after. They haven't actually finished the script yet for it. Right. All okay. they've announced is yeah it, that that Danny and Mel and Richard Donner are coming right. back. So it's happening. So it's definitely happening. Um, they've just got to tighten the script, finish it up. So nice um, one. Yes. And lastly, in the nerdy news again, remake mm. slash reboot. Um, but this could be actually potentially really interesting. Universal and Blumhouse are teaming up for another go round of The Thing. Why not? Why not? Um, so the last time The Thing was remade uh, was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us have seen no. that uh, that take on the story, but we both have seen and, and love the John Carpenter classic. Yeah, it's considered the definitive version of the film. Definitely. Uh, the story's been made about three times, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, There could be others right. out there, but... Three of the main ones, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. been done. It's been done a few times, um, but according um, to reports, the um, basically it's going to be an adaptation uh, of the original novella "Who Goes There" that was written by John W. Campbell Jr. Except that this time the story will contain new content from the never-before-seen expanded version of the novel that is called "Frozen Hell." Mm. Uh, so there's going to be some elements of this story that have never been put on the screen before yeah so it will feel fresh then it will yeah yeah Yeah. so then one argues how will fans of say the john carpenter version because again definitive version Mm -hmm. how will they react will it Mm. be seen as like oh you're just adding stuff in there i mean it's got a, a legitimate source yeah it's not just for adding things no um because then if they didn't really do that the opposite feedback would come if you're doing a scene for scene remake what's the point mm. uh so i actually like the idea that new elements will be in yeah me um, too. as well from i guess the original brain behind it yeah so exactly uh, that that makes me think a lot more uh positive about the whole thing i think so too yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. i think it, it could just be enjoyed as another thing movie and there's nothing wrong with that no either. no yeah. no 
No, it's a great story. So, uh, mm. yeah, very excited to see this one brought to life. Yeah. Once again. Mm-hmm. And in from a new kind of way. So that's, yeah. I think so. And, you know, Blumhouse is behind it. and They are very good. I think they're such a good production team. It doesn't necessarily make, mean they make good movies no, all the time. No, no. But who does? Like, you, you yeah. can't have a 100% strike rate. Come on. No. Uh, but I love that they've risen as the definitive horror movie production they house have. i think good on them you know yeah. started off small and doing these things but they're just obviously passionate about the genre more power to them i love mm. Blumhouse just as an idea Same. i love them as a concept yeah i love them as a team i think mm-hmm. good on them yeah. yeah good on them indeed absolutely um okay well that is the nerdy news for this week i think it might now be time to roll on up to a certain trailer park yeah yeah <laughs> Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. Three trailers this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or two trailers and one thing. <laughs> a Speaking f- of thing. A filler. A filler. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wayne. Um, <laughs> you know how like people talk about, you know, so bad it's good? Yeah. So in that case, shall we leave the best one for last? I think so. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> and I only say best in that context. Yes, I definitely good. understand. <laughs> good. So we're starting out with Fantasy Island? Yes, we will. Let's do it. Speaking of Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah here absolutely. It is. Yeah. So this is interesting because it's they've taken the concept of the series, mm. the beloved series from the 70s um, that most of us grew up watching. Yeah. Or at least um, know of. Or at least know of in popular we, culture. Yeah. Because we all know the line, the plane, the plane. The plane. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dear. It's, yeah, it's absolute classic. And they've, I love, I really, this is one of the things I love about this trailer and about the, the idea of this film is the fact that they've taken this innocent paradise yeah. idea and twisted it. Mm. And made it sinister. Yes. I, I really adore that. I don't know if it's going to be a good film in terms of how it executes that idea yeah. and, and concept. But just it's got a lot of potential, I think. Well, just the tagline itself of be careful what you wish for. Yeah. It's a cliched trope. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the, the moral of the story in a lot of, a lot of uh, scary movies. Mm. But I'm down for this. I really love this trailer. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's exciting. I think it's creepy. I love the moral dilemma behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks really well made. Yeah, um, it does. Incredibly sinister, as you've said. Mm. Uh, no, this has a lot a lot of things going for it. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I recognize a lot of the genre tropes, and I was very happy about it. Nice. Uh, you know, it's one of these films I think you know what, what you're getting, mm. but I feel like they're going to throw some surprises in there. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's going to be... Um, Better than just what it what it appears. I oh, think good. you know. I think the premise is so simple. Yeah, that's that true. it has to have more in there. Yeah, and the trailer is quite clever, is that it establishes this plot. Mm. It pretty much you know introduces you to the main characters of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, we know enough about them. Mm. Uh, we know enough of their backstories so that we as audience members can relate to one or two of them. Uh, and that, that's already hooked us in, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think the film will, will play out quite interestingly. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited by this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it did, it did kind of seem to him in the trailer that they were, um, they were, the, these people were being brought there for a reason, to be mm. part of something. There was kind of a little hint with some dialogue. Did and... you get some, uh, like, a, a Saw vibe almost? Or, maybe. Um, House on Haunted Hill yeah, vibe. That's maybe. kind of House on Haunted Hill probably was more that I... 
had gotten out of, you're yeah. all coming together. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess you could throw a saw in there as well. Um, you're here to learn a lesson type yeah. thing, maybe. It could be something yeah. like that. Interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. Because it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, digging into some torture porn there as well. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it would kind of yeah. get into that territory yeah. slightly. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. The house on Holland Hill concept of, you know, whatever the malevolence is behind this mm. is bringing these people together for a reason, whether it's for vengeance or, yeah. or just to fuck with them, or there's some connection between them and the Island or whoever runs yeah. the Island or yeah, there's, there's going to be something behind it that this trailer is hinting at and yeah. we won't see until we see the film. Yeah. So. Which I think makes it a really good trailer. No, it's a, it mean, is a very good trailer. I mean, unless it's hiding nothing, then it's a horrendous film. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, but, but I have full faith. Yeah, oh, good. Yes. I have full faith. Yes, no, it does It does look really, really good. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about that. I just need to get the release date because I think it's coming out pretty soon, actually. Um, 2020. Oh, yep, 13th of Feb. So it's literally, what's that, next week? Yeah. Yeah, it's literally coming out next Thursday, guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, here's a preview of it's coming very soon. Yeah, uh, it's a Thursday week. <laughs> Thursday week. Get on it. Um, okay, so the next trailer we have is for an upcoming HBO miniseries called The Plot Against America. Mm. Wayne, what did you think of this? I love absolutely everything about this trailer. This looks so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I was watching this and uh, I, you know, think I, I know enough American history. Um, I, I studied it for a year in at uni, which obviously doesn't mean much because who pays attention at uni? But I mean, I, you know, I think that I kind of know maybe yeah. more than the average person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't, never heard of this. I had no idea. And then, Kendall, you told me it's sort of an alternative universal reality. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, which makes it fascinating. It's the ultimate what if, I suppose, mm. um, with this deep-rooted anti-Semitism going on in American culture. And... Uh, it's a very purposeful miniseries because it unfortunately relates a lot to current politics. Yeah. Especially, I suppose, in the United States. Yeah. Relates to it in Europe. Hey, Britain, how are you going there with your Brexit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Goes definitely in Australia as well. Yeah. With our current current government as well. And, And, you know a few of its predecessors as well, unfortunately. Mm. So it's playing off this momentum that's happening in the world. And this is what the best sort of uh, stories do is they hold a mirror. And the fact that it is showing an alternative reality automatically gives that message of you can prevent it and you can stop it. Yeah. Um, This is from HBO Mm. and you can tell. The production quality is absolutely outstanding. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it looks like a really solid cast. Mm. It is an intriguing premise. Mm-hmm. It is beautifully photographed. Yep. Uh, I think the plot line is going to be fascinating. Mm. I think it's going to be tense as well as intense. I think it's going to be confronting. I think it's going to be challenging. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. There is nothing I did not... Um, did like or or that didn't appeal to me about this. I, I think it looks absolutely intriguing. I 
can't wait to see this. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah, Sam, anyway. I'm I am with you 100%. It yeah, it looks spectacular. Yeah. Um and especially for you know, something that like I always say on on the show that I love true story. Yeah. Stories yeah. in film and, and television and you know, the ways that they can you know, somehow get be the fly on the wall in these rooms make, yeah. and make up convincing conversations and fill in the blanks to yeah. these big events and stuff. And you believe it. You believe it. It sells and it's and I just it's so captivating. And this trailer was just brilliant. And it you know, I know I can't wait to watch it. Like mm. so, basically, just the, the quick summary of the plot. It's just about these characters that live in an alternative history in which Franklin D. Roosevelt was defeated in the U.S presidential election of 1940 by charles Lindbergh. uh yeah so it just again yeah I, like mm. twisting of events as well it's why i want i really wanted to check out that series men in the high castle okay which is about uh if germany won world war Two. Oh, okay i've um i mm. saw quite a few years ago i saw i think it was a mini series called fatherland oh and, i think i've heard about yeah that. and it was about had germany won uh, world war two mm. um and essentially it presents um you know the world is still going on like germany didn't dominate take over the whole world or mm. anything it it exists probably expanded a little bit but because they'd won world war two no one knew of the holocaust yeah right wow and the film sort of shows hitler and his older older years we know that even based when the film was was set uh hitler would not have lived because he was quite ill towards the end of his life anyway Mm -hmm. but it you know presents him still alive and still a dictator yeah um and things fall apart for germany because the holocaust is discovered oh wow and that's how the plot plays out wow yeah so it was a fascinating and scary what if but i remember it being quite oh that sounds amazing yeah quite interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so sometimes to play with history uh can be terrifying mm. but there's a lot of a lot of good things that can come out of it yeah really. yeah. yeah it's kind of like it's like realistic dystopian fiction like realistic yeah. sci-fi almost just yeah. the fact that you've got something that never happened but it's so convincing and realistic in a way mm. it makes you think maybe it actually did happen yeah. just the way it's presented like if you present it like all mm. of these based on a true story yeah based on historical fact you know yeah. dramas are done like yeah. yeah well i mean and we can think about it for example if we think about the uh nazi germany scenario had um you know a nazi policy of and I can't think of the German word now, bad historian, but translated to living space, mm. not being a high priority for the, for the Nazis, for the Nazis, we could still have a Nazi Germany now. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. you know, the only reason that war was a thing was because, well, you know, if we're going to build our population up, if we're going to, you know, expand the Aryan race, they need space to live. Yeah. So let's take some land. Yeah. So really, if that was, if it was more of say an isolationist, let's keep what we have in our part of the world pure. For example, their yeah. words. Yeah. Uh, who knows what sort of world we would be living in? Yeah, like that's it, true. It, and it's just it's that decision mm. that someone came up with one day 
that a whole team agreed upon and that began this momentum. It is terrifying. It is so terrifying. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. One of the things that Jonathan Rhys Myers talked about when he was doing the Tudors, mm. he had said, we think that history is defined by huge battles and you know epic wars and confrontations. He's like, no, it's defined by essentially someone's signature on a piece of paper signing off on something mm. um so alternative histories like this are fascinating mm. I, I agree kindle it's it's so it's terrifying but it's interesting yeah. isn't it yeah um and yeah 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 this is this is going to be i, I think, think it's going to be compelling i, I yeah. think so too i think this is going to be one of the you know one of the series that everyone's talking about i think it will be yeah. it's gonna be the next chernobyl yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean especially if you've got john Turturro <clears throat> and winona ryder yes in your cast yes like, there's some heavy hitters there, absolutely so, yeah. yeah yeah can't wait um wayne when yeah. might we be able to watch yeah well our friends in the u.s are going to watch it on the 16th of march yes that's when uh, it'll start yes so hopefully um we won't have to wait too long and it'll be no. available on a on a service for us in australia yes i uh, foxtel i imagine yes um but sbs we'll... feel free to get it for us free to wear folks yeah please please sbs <laughs> yes we love you sbs hashtag not sponsored oh no but yeah. we'd love to be yes <laughs> you and the abc best channel absolutely easily 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 okay right now there is another film in this trailer park this week. Yeah. Film said loosely. Yeah, yeah, very loosely. <laughs> there is another series of images that are thrown together <laughs> to make something that looks like it might be a film, but I don't think is. Yes, because it doesn't need to be coherent. No, not in this not in this case. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the 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 ever increasingly ridiculous franchise that is fast and the furious brings you fast and the furious nine <laughs> and oh boy um i <laughs> i don't know how we can discuss this because it just was okay they showed too much mm-hmm. just as a as a trailer standpoint regardless of whatever what the stupid content is which is stupid in my opinion how the fuck um, does three minutes feel like two hours yeah like yeah. really it was a long trailer yes. it was nearly four minutes long don't understand why i mean okay the movie's coming out in less than four months now so they're maybe they're fast tracking the promotion but mm. don't don't make a trailer that and then gives away two major plot twists yeah possibly three we've seen the movie like yeah, we real we really have, yeah. and especially because these films are by the book. Yep, paint by of, numbers, paint by numbers, popcorn fun. Mm, yeah, for some, um, yeah. Then it's we know what's going to happen. Mm. I'm I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, I'm dumbfounded, and just how ridiculous a lot of. Like, some of the stunts in this were pretty cool. I'm like, oh yeah, like if there's one thing you'll say about Fast and Furious movies is that the cast stunts they they do. Like, even some of the more outlandish ones are impressive. And there was some stuff in there that looked really cool. Yeah. And then the final shot of the trailer happened. And then Wayne and I... <laughs> I can speak for Wayne. Mm-hmm. We would just both... I think maybe we even looked at each other at one point while this was happening. Basically, there's a shot where they go off a cliff and it's even got either Tyrese or Ludacris going, oh, hell no, like... Yeah. Going off this cliff and... And then Vin Diesel launches a freaking some kind of grappling hook 
across to something else on another piece of island across the way. Mm. And the, the, the car essentially slingshots around mm-hmm. and up and onto this other land. Yeah. Even though you don't see it hit, hit the other land, you know it's going to because yeah. this is a Fast and Furious movie. And I was just like... And do you know what's funny about that? They're trying to be serious about this. I know. It's like, okay, maybe in a Batman movie and it still worked better. Well, but- I feel like... I feel like Batman and Robin did that shit better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at least that knew what it was. And you know what? You, like... This is the funny thing about it. Because before that moment, we had them being rescued by this fucking jet. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes! That was the the main moment of that. Sorry, I completely forgot. No, no. I must have blocked it out because it was so fucked. Yeah, like, that happened. And you go, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then grappling hook happens. And then grappling hook happens. Oh yes. my gosh! You just the, yeah, the bad guy's car, played mm. by John Cena, who spoilers, but not spoilers, because in the trailer is actually Dominic Toretto's younger brother that we've only just found about now, because of course it's a Fast and Furious movie. Anyway, John Cena is amazing, but nevertheless, he's in this car and he goes off the cliff, and they're chasing him, and then fucking Charlize Theron comes in with the fucking worst haircut in the world that even her can't, her good looks cannot save. Oh yeah. Oh my fucking god and and then she using this like bomber fighter jet thing mm. picks him up like a fucking matchbox car yeah and just flies off and i'm like and then you cut to her and she's all smoky smoky and i'm like i want to hang myself yeah it's you know <laughs> it's it, so bad it is and i agree it's like you know what like people go to these movies for all the stunts and the silliness. Like, oh, like, I get it. I think... Oh, yeah. Look, I was I think, saying before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly what you were saying. Yeah. I think, you know, they have the place to exist, right? They do, yeah. And I think when you're sitting down in a cinema, especially if you've made it to number nine, so you yeah. obviously have an affinity for the these films. Mm-hmm. Fine. Not mm-hmm. judging. No. Because we all need that franchise. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But, and, but, you know, you've got the momentum behind it that you can accept grappling hook. You can accept, you know, a jet with a magnet that picks up a whole car. Mm. You can accept all that. Mm. But in a trailer, it is the stupidest thing. It's like, what's the surprise when watching the movie? Yeah, literally like, nothing. Honestly, because we go for these types of these action sequences. So let us be surprised on the big screen. Yeah. And also, to answer a question that Kendall and I were sort of discussing before we actually sat down to watch this trailer, we had to, we did end up mentioning, you know our mate Vin Diesel. Mm. And I said, look, maybe he's gotten better as he's gone along. He opens the narration of this trailer. Mm. The man can't act. No. <laughs> I will no, say now. No, he's not. He's now, not. he's not a total write-off as no. a... No, I've seen worse actors, I mean. as an Yeah, but this guy gets paid a lot of money and that's depressing. Yeah, that's, that's fair. You know, like, we've all seen the Iron Giant. He's good in that. And we've he's good as... We've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's good at that. How much dialogue does he have? One's animated, one's like CGI. Yeah. Right? And one's made out of iron. Yeah. And one's made out of a clump of wood. Yeah. It says a lot about his Mm. quote unquote acting. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's fair. Yep. Yep. You know, the... the, These... Just... When's it out? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just wanted to point out the one 
the thing that has me excited about this film, but also... That it'll end one day? It, well, yeah. I mean, there's that, but that goes without saying. Um, no, no, it's just... and But annoyed that they put it in the trailer. So, basically, there's been a whole... One of the biggest, not controversies, but contentious points mm. about this franchise is the, this character, Han, mm-hmm. who was killed in Tokyo Drift. Okay, which is the third? Which is the third one, which right. was a prequel. Yes. But then... Uh, then Han appeared in either number, either five, six, or seven, and I don't remember which one because I I've stopped watching these films now, mm. so I don't remember. But anyway, he came back, and then it, that's when we found out like tiny wimey bullshit. It's all over the chrono- chronology of this thing is all over the shop. Um, but then he was, yeah, he was actually killed off. Yeah. And but he's now in this movie, so and everyone's been like, why the how the fuck is he alive? Why have you put this in the trailer? But then and people are excited at the same time because there was a trending hashtag um, that used to go around called Justice for Han, which yeah. is why in the trailer they say, just, like the tagline's like, Justice is coming or Justice will arrive or something like that. Yeah. Um, because they're referring to that. Because the, the the last shot of the trailer is of, of Han. Um, and he was such a popular character and such a good character. Like, he's probably the best thing in Tokyo Drift for my money. Yeah. Um, I went the one or two times I've watched that film years and years ago. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, but I'm just kind of like, why the fuck would you put that in your trailer for? I mean, I guess maybe that's the, you know, Spider-Man in your Civil War trailer yeah. kind of hook. But you've done that. You've revealed John Cena's the fucking brother in the trailer. You've revealed Charlize Theron's coming back. Hmm. Helen Mirren apparently sold her soul as well. Like, I yeah. don't... I don't... What's, I, besides money, what's the appeal? I've actually just Googled now what order do you watch Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. And this uh, from insider.com mm-hmm. says the correct order is 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 3, 7, 8, then Hobbs and Shaw. And then now 9, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. There are also two official Fast and Furious short movies that take place before the second and fourth movies. Oh. There's another film called Better Luck Tomorrow, which is considered a prequel for franchise character Han. Oh, okay. There's like 27 of these fuckers. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the, the Furious Cinematic Universe, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. I, I, Kendall, you know what? I feel like I should actually sit down and watch this entire franchise. Then I won't be so mean about the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that would actually work in my favor, wouldn't it? It might. Yeah. You'll actually appreciate the MCU for the glory that it is. Okay. Well, it didn't go that far. Well, yeah. it's true. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to take your word on it. Yeah. Okay. You, you do that. I will. Fine. I will. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I hope I watch many a fine movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Fast and Furious 9, for some reason, will be in the theaters on the 21st of May. And if you're going to go and watch it, I hope you sincerely enjoy it. Yes. Yes. We won't be going. No. 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 no, We won't be going. No. 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 But more power to you if you you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. No. 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 Vin Diesel needs to stay in his mansion. He does. Yeah. He needs to be endorsed to keep on destroying the art of filmmaking. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Support Vin Diesel. Support Vin Diesel. He needs it. <laughs> Fuck. Clearly yeah. he needs it. Clearly he needs it. Because the paycheck from the Guardians movies isn't enough, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Just standing there going, I am Groot. <laughs> 
I love Groot. Anyway, that's that's enough. It's a tree. That's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> With emotions. But a beautiful tree. I know. And a little baby tree. And do you know what? And then a teenager tree. Like Groot is only amazing because of those wonderful people who animate him. Yes, that is 100% true. Yes. And, and then many... because of the actors around Groot that respond to him as well. Of course, well. because it's not the actor who plays him. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> how many takes it would have taken to say, I am Groot. The man would have struggled so much. He would have, yeah. But there's, yeah. A, there's some emotion, you know there's some emotion in, in Groot. Yeah, or CGI'd. Yeah. yeah, but the voice mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. shows the emotion. You can sort of manipulate audio, can't you? Because <laughs> I can tell you, watch the begin, watch the like, watch the beginning of this trailer. Don't watch it all. No, uh, Kendall and I have too much respect for you all to make <laughs> sit yes. through four minutes of this shit. Oh my god, but we just, took one for the team. Today. We did. Just watch the first thirty seconds. You can't tell me that's acting. Yeah, it's not a. It, he's he can't monologue. Yeah, he it just it doesn't make you want to cry though. It does. All those people in LA restaurants, all those waiters oh. who are trying to get their big break, who are actually really talented and who can't actually, get in, and who actually go to school and study, mm. who are doing three jobs because minimum wage is shit house. Mm-hmm. Like, could yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's who I weep for. Don't worry. That's how I feel about the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we won't get into that. No, we no, won't. We no. won't. That's enough time on them. No. Anyway, so that was Trailer Park for this week. What a wonderful discussion. <laughs> what a depressing way to end the segment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. depressing way to end the segment. That's but okay. we're going to lift it up a bit with a quickie review. Quickie review. A film that is nominated for Best Picture among other uh, Academy Awards at next week's ceremony. Yeah, the Oscars in 2020, um, and that is going to be The Irishman uh, that I'm talking about. So yeah, uh, I just kind of when I've been talking about the film to friends, I've just been saying, lead, kind of leading with the the bad thing about it, and the the ma- main bad thing about it is it's too long. Mm-hmm. It's three and a half hours. Mm. We watched it in parts. Yeah. Like there is a watch or sort of order like thing. Like someone has actually gone out of their way to turn it into kind of a mini series. Yeah. So you can watch it as a mini series with certain breaks at certain parts. And yeah. So we did that so we could, you know, kind of get through it and not entirely lose our minds. But that being said, it doesn't, well, it does, it, it is long, but it doesn't, um, it, it doesn't drag. You don't feel bored. You don't feel, mm. you're not distracted. There's always something going on it's just it just goes on for a long time do you feel like if you'd watched it in one full sitting without pee breaks and stretching your legs and grabbing an extra bowl of popcorn do you think though that would have tested the patience maybe actually if you say you put it that way yeah. maybe a little bit yeah. in parts just because there was a few conversations between certain characters that i feel either didn't need to be there or were just a tad too long and mm. and like the ending of the film is very much Dra- dragged out it's not like lord of the rings where there's like 10 endings oh, it's yeah <laughs> it's not that but it's it's just a long it's like an epilogue that's drawn out into this big ending like you know oh, it's like watching australia the movie i haven't actually seen that oh yeah but you were saying the other yeah. day it's a, it's right? a, I, i'm a fan of australia yeah. i think it's a great movie the yeah. last hour is an epilogue it feels like an epilogue yeah well that's kind of how yeah. the end of the irishman felt to me like okay. you know the, the last 20 minutes of it could have been summed up with a, and this character <laughs> lived like out, text on screen? Yeah, lived out yeah. the rest of his days and died of cancer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, show don't tell. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically, that's kind of or what. Or just simply tell us in a sentence. Tell us in a sentence. Don't don't go the extra mile. Um, but however, that aside, it's a good movie. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I don't think it'll win many awards. Mm. Unfortunately, just because the competition this year is so strong, as I've repeatedly said, yeah, uh, it really is. Um, but it is it is a very well made film. It look I feel like it looked really really good. Um, cinematography is really nice and uh, I was very impressed with the de-aging technology yeah like I've been saying since I saw Captain Marvel that the stuff they did with Samuel L. Jackson and that's the best example of de-aging I've ever seen Mm. and that you know this is a a, still a fairly recent technology uh, in terms of visual effects Um, but they're getting it nailed pretty well even though it was a little jarring at first like the first time you see the first time you see the, any de-aging in the film, it's a scene with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci um, acting opposite each other. And, yeah, it's it's kind of jarring in the sense of, like, oh, okay, they're younger again. But they're kind of not fully physically acting younger, if you know what I mean. Right. You still feel their age yes, a little yes. bit. So you, it's it's the one the other uh, other problem actually about the Irishman is the fact that you never really get a good sense of what year it is. Oh, that's annoying. And they never tell you. So it bounces. It goes back and forth. A yeah, lot. yeah. Like yeah, it's 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 a strange chronology yeah. throughout the film. Um, yeah, but apart from that, yeah, like it's it is very well made, and Robert De Niro is excellent as Frank Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very good performance that he gives. I really enjoyed watching him. I need to watch a lot more of, you know, this, these kinds of films that he does, like for, cause you know, for De Niro, like, you know, Joker and mm. seeing him do meet the parents with Ben Stiller. Yeah. I love like when, when De Niro does com- comedy, I think he's quite good at it. But Except I, for Rocky and Bullwinkle. Ex- oh God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Probably I'm for sorry a, for bringing that back up. No. Yep. Thanks so <laughs> much. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. We're light on Marvel news. I haven't had many opportunities to troll you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I forgive you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, if you wanted to mention poor Robert De Niro films, probably Dirty Grandpa is probably like oh, okay. I haven't the, seen that the one. worst one. I haven't seen it, but it yeah. looked awful. Anyway, digressing. Um, but yeah, I need to watch. I haven't seen Goodfellas and I haven't seen any of the Godfather films mm. and you know that kind of stuff. And yeah. I haven't seen Heat. The man has the reputation like, he has for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I need to watch more of his yeah. iconic stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen Taxi Driver. Yeah. Like, um, I really need to watch that stuff. Yeah, I think you'll like Taxi Driver, King of Comedy. Uh, yeah, King of Comedy I want to watch, really especially good. after Joker. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Cape Fear remake. Oh, yeah, I heard it was that was great, Cape but Fear I remake haven't it, seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's actually better than the original. Oh. So that's Scorsese and... And oh, Scorsese did that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, I didn't know that. A great cast as well. Yeah, isn't Jessica Lange in that? Yes, yeah. uh, Nick Nolte. When Nick he, Nolte. When he was good. Yes, um, <laughs> when he was Juliet good. Juliette Lewis is there as well. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Good I'll cast. have to show you Cape Fear. Yes. Yes. So you'll, you'll notice a lot of, uh, you'll probably get a lot of Simpsons gags in there because the Simpsons famously parodied it. They did, and um, I, and one of my favorite Silent Bob yeah. Uh, episodes. Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Si- Silent Bob! <laughs> oh my god! That's all good. Oh my um, god, I'm talking about, yes, <laughs> I said, I meant to say Sideshow Bob, and I know. Reason I said Silent Bob is in Jane Silent Bob. Yeah, absolutely. No, I knew. Feel free to shoot me in the head. No, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I have blasphemed as a Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just um, to enjoy Cape Fear, though, especially yeah. because you've seen a parody of it, yes. is you have to check check that out. You have to really say, 
go in there blindly because nice yeah because uh, i know i do but in Italy i had seen cape fear before they had made that oh, episode cool. yeah i was um, wait yeah way too young yeah yeah so um so i could go back to cape fear and not even think about the simpsons watching it because it is such a well-made and gripping movie i feel anyway nice. yeah so okay. i look forward to showing that to you one day Kendall. Yay, i look forward to it as well yeah um but yeah de niro is yeah excellent in this film uh and yeah joe pesci like this is his first film he's made in forever. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure he retired and would have to be. Yeah, he's very yeah he's gotten on in his years, but uh, yeah, phenomenal performance from him. Mm. Really enjoyed um, his you know his performance like the whole way through, and these characters are just they're despicable people. They're really bad people. They kill people all the time. I mean, they're gangsters. They're mobsters. Like. You know, yeah. they're, they're whacking people <laughs> all the time. And then one of the really cool things, and this isn't a spoiler that I kind of liked, was the fact that, because um, it's supposed to be all true for the most part, um, at least it's speculated, but uh, a lot of the times when new characters are introduced on screen, they'll come up a little bit of dialogue on the screen, words that will mention the person's name, maybe their street name. And how they died and what year. Wow. Like, shot in the head five times, 1980, something like so that. So hang on, you get that when they're introduced. Yep. So you know their fate as soon as they appear on screen. Yep, but it's only for the supporting and minor characters. Yeah, it's not like De Niro it's, Pesci. It's, n- it's not for De Niro Pesci or Pacino. Yeah. Um, it's only for the other smaller players. It's really fascinating. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's a really good film. And Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa was, was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was Pacino. At his his most Pacino, of course. Love Pacino. Loving loving a bit of a yell and mm-hmm. a scream, and he was very funny as Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa was a very stubborn man, if that's how he actually was. Yeah. Very stubborn. Um, but yeah, this so the Irishman's based on a, a book that I'm pretty sure it was called. I heard you paint houses. I think. Yeah, um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because that's like a code or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they and they they bring that up in the film, and it's and then it cuts to like a shot of blood spatter on a wall. Right, makes so sense. Makes yeah. sense. Paint houses. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is one of the leading theories, I believe, on what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, because famously, mm. no one knows. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's all conspiracy theory yeah. stuff. But yeah, Frank Sheeran. Uh, yeah, before he died, like he. He, uh, I think he, he must have been interviewed by the author or something, or they they wrote this book mm. and put it out into the world, and yeah. But then he never fully admitted to killing Jimmy yeah, yeah, himself. Yeah. Like you even see it in the Irishman, the film, like when he's in his he, nursing home and he's mm. you know old and stuff. The FBI or whoever come by and try to get a confession. Like think of the think of his family, think of his kids. Oh, you, yeah. you were all friends and. Oh, if you're a murderer, it's not what you're on about. Yeah, you don't care. yeah. So he he was just like, no, nah, I've got nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, but I won't spoil too much more of it. But it is, yeah, it was it was a very enjoyable film, very Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So I would just, like it. Do you think? As I think a Scorsese fan. I think you would like it as a Scorsese fan. Yeah. yeah. Just it's just long. Yeah. It's literally the. The, the biggest gripe I have. Yeah. And the, the main gripe. Everything else is... Is yeah, pretty good. Is pretty... Yeah, yeah. It's pretty decent. So what would you give it out of five? Out of five, probably three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. one. Yeah. The Irishman. I have now seen all of the nine Best Picture nominees. Thank you. Expect nothing less from you, Kendall. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. So now that you've seen it, may I... You, now you've seen all nine. Mm. Who's going to win? Oh, Jesus. I need um, a prediction from... 
from me. From Kendall. Oh my God. Okay. Throwing you on the spot there. You are a little bit because I haven't actually nailed it down just because. Mm. Okay, maybe a top three? Maybe. Okay, top three uh, Joker, mm. Parasite, uh, 1917. Okay. I think they're my three. Right. That could go. Yeah, it could go one of those three, I think. I'd be surprised if one of them did. I, yeah, I feel like. Mm, it's It's hard because. Whilst 1917 looks amazing, yeah, I feel like maybe Joker and Parasite are better all-round films. Right, okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if 1917 won, yeah. considering it won the Golden Globe. Getting off that momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might be an outside chance, mm. because it won the Golden Globe for the comedy musical. Yeah, true. So, who who knows? But yeah. Watch it's, this space. Watch this space. Yeah. Joker, Parasite, 1917. Um, okay, no, we're going to go back to this. It's got to be one of those three. Yeah, okay. I really don't think I can pick. I would love Joker to win. Yes, that would be great. I would absolutely love Joker to win, but I, mm, I can't. It's a tough one. It is a very tough one, but I am going to have to lock it down soon. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I've got a week to make a decision. Yes. I will make a decision. Yes. All right. Cool. So... Uh, and that was my quickie review. Yeah. And that means now that it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. Yeah. Yes. And that moment is... Popcorn culture. Popcorn culture! Yeah, it is. Yes, it's popcorn culture time. Lovely. Lovely indeed. So, uh, wait. Mm-hmm. Considering the bit in the news about the upcoming Thing remake. Yes. Being a classic tale of horror. Yeah. If there ever was one. Uh, we are going to today take a look at some of our favorite uh, and maybe least favorite hmm. uh, horror movie remakes. Yes. Yeah. Or best and worst yeah, horror let, movie remakes. Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, shall we start with The Thing? Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, we can't talk about a remake that hasn't happened yet. No. But we can absolutely talk about this version, which... Is a remake, really. It is. <laughs> yes, yeah. from, a, from a earlier movie. But, uh, as we said earlier, the 1982 incarnation of The Thing is considered the definitive version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was hugely successful once it first came out. Right. Uh, but definitely a cult classic. And I revisited The Thing a few months ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, just watching it one night. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie in ages. Mm. And I've just gone, wow, this movie is really good. It's it, really good. It, it, it has, um, you know, uh, the feeling of exploitation movie in, mm. in terms of, um, you know, the quality of acting, which <laughs> I remember. Not the greatest. No, Kurt, obviously, no. Kurt Russell, obviously really strong. He's very But good. some of the supporting ones, it's kind of that cartoonish over the top a little bit but you've got these men fighting cabin fever and paranoia mm-hmm. and looking at each other with suspicion um there's some great jump scares in this mm. uh, this particular one yeah. <laughs> yeah where someone's lying down and yes. someone's over them and i'm not going to say anything else just in case uh because i totally i didn't remember much of the film mm. And, you know, somebody who has seen quite a few scary movies, you can sort of go, okay, yeah, this means that this is going to happen. And you can sort of expect it, still enjoy it and still have fun with it. But it just means the height doesn't necessarily race that much anymore. Mm, mm -hmm. 
When that scene happened, my gosh, I jumped out of my skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, it's a shocking. It's a brilliant scare. It is. There's some great moments in, in John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he does what he does so well. He's a master. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, John Carpenter film I'm always there for. This is definitely one of them that uh, has to be on your list if you're a fan of horror movies, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of John Carpenter, if you're mm-hmm. a fan of remakes or are interested in remakes, mm-hmm. um, or if if you're thinking that the forthcoming thing is interesting, mm. maybe you've seen the 2011 one. You have to see this one. It's, yeah, it's so well made. It's, it's quintessential. Yeah, uh, it's a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, but it's also just an all-round really good, good story. Yeah, and I have to say, I love the ending. Yeah. Yes. You like the ambiguousness I of it? I love it. Yeah. I love. Like I, I don't know. Can, can are we in spoiler territory? Maybe we have to be for this discussion. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Should we spoil? Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean. The thing, this version of the thing has been out for nearly forty years. Yeah, so absolutely. Maybe, maybe we can get yeah. a spoiler. Well, I just want to say that I like, I like that it is quite tragic. It is because there is an ambiguity. You're correct, mm. but the way I interpret it is look, there's two men left. I don't know if you have thoughts who makes it out alive. Uh, my thought is neither do. Yeah, I'd and, say uh, no. I'd say no. Neither yeah, of them. Um, and and yeah. I and I love that about the ending. Yeah, I yeah. love that. It's good. It's different. Uh, it's different. And yeah, yeah I like. Uh, I've always kind of been a champion of films or stories that have those kind of uh, un- unhappy endings. Yeah. If you know what I mean, like you know, just just where the bad guys win or yes. or, or or the good guys just lose. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like well, those why, kind of stories. Well, that's just... why I think everyone really connected with Saw, with the original Saw. Yeah. Because not only was it a fantastic twist. Oh, such a good twist. But somebody you really wanted to succeed because mm. you've gone through them the whole journey. The whole thing. Is just left there. Yeah. Left there to die. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. It is... <laughs> Oh, you know, it's, it's so powerful. It is absolutely. Mm, it is mm-hmm. intense cruelty, and mm. it means the villain has no redemption whatsoever. Oh, no. Um, and that's just and gosh, that's just, it's a brave choice to make. It is as yeah. a filmmaker yeah. to do that. Yeah, because yeah. we all hope for a happy ending. You do, you, know? you do, especially after a brutal yeah. film like that one. Yeah, because. In horror movies, traditionally, you have either the final boy or the final girl. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of expecting, you go, how are they going to make it out? Mm. Um, so, then, yeah. yeah. So, like, Saw is quite explicit. Yeah. The thing, not so much. As you no. said, it's ambiguous. Um, but I just love it. It's ambiguous, but I've made a decision about it. For me, it's actually clear cut. Yeah. You know, for me. Um, but that's not necessarily means that that's the right so to speak, answer. No, well, I think... Or interpretation. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it's been purposely left up to interpretation and people have been speculating about it for decades. Yeah. It'll go on for decades. Like, I'm pretty sure it even resurfaced a few months ago. I think Mm. there was some articles online, like some, maybe someone who worked on the film, I think, gave a hint as to who actually survived. Yeah. Or something, or who who they think survives. But I don't, and I, I don't remember that now. I'm just thinking of it off the top of my head. But yeah, I, yeah, it is a, it is a brilliant ending. And yeah. Yeah. Just the, I just love the story of, you know, uh, like it takes a story like this that where, you know, there's all, there's 
probably I can't think of any good examples, but you know, stories where these you have this group of people and one of them is against them. Yeah. And they're all paranoid, like this paranoid that just feeds off each other. Yeah. And then they've put a, a horror sci-fi spin yeah. on that and it turned it into a life or death situation. And yeah. Yeah. It's so like the the blood testing scene is Yes. It's intense. It's in, it's probably my that was probably my favourite part of the film. Yeah. Very uh, scary. Yeah, yeah. Very scary. Because you yeah. you really don't know. No, you really don't. You it could be any of them. Yeah, it's it's Everyone's brilliant. up for grabs. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I also have to say, I don't think uh, it would have been as successful or as memorable if it had not been made in the time it was made. Yeah, because of the practical effects. Yes, absolutely. And people still talk to this day about those practical effects. For me, practical effects, even today, because the CGI is fantastic today. Mm. But CGI, as we've seen over the past decade, dates poorly. It does compared to practical effects. It does give me practical effects. Any, any day, day. Absolutely. any day, even today, filmmakers start yeah. doing the practical and stuff. And it's yeah, they do. Like for example, Star Wars. Yeah, they went back after the prequels were pretty much all on green screen. Yeah, the the sequel trilogy, yes, does obviously use visual effects. Yeah, it's, it's Star Wars, but in the right ways they use the practical effects, particularly with the aliens, the creatures, and do it. all of that stuff. You yeah, know? and BB-8 is an actual thing droid yeah he's not a cgi effect. absolutely and so he should be exactly right yeah yeah it's good but yes those are our thoughts on the thing yeah, yeah an incredible uh remake of an incredible story and yeah i, I so, we are very excited yeah. to see where so, this new version goes yeah I, I i'm curious yeah. i'm curious yes yeah. very curious so another film that um was quite huge yes. <laughs> recently mm. was it mm. and that's a remake of a 1990 miniseries yes. Stephen King's it yes um thoughts on the original screen incarnation oh it's been so long since I've watched it yeah uh but I remember watching it and all I all I can remember is just Tim Curry scaring the crap out of yeah. me yeah because that man that man does creepy so well he does like, my God, <laughs> he scares me so much. But yeah, so his Pennywise is excellent. Um, however, that's I think that's the only really good part about the miniseries mm. from what I remember. Like it's not, um, it wasn't a great adaptation of the book and it was, I don't know, the acting was a bit... Yeah. A hit and miss from memory and certain elements of the story and then certain certain visual effects were kind of the effects are, The effects are incredibly bad now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what they would have been like back in the day, but yeah. uh, I watched it uh, a few years ago, mm. um, just before the, you know, the remake. Yeah. And the first half is pretty good. Um, it's always more interesting when, when, when kids are under a threat. Yeah, because the stakes are higher because yeah. they're innocent and mm-hmm. they've got limited resources and knowledge, and yeah. sometimes will the parents believe? Like, there's a lot more at stake, mm-hmm. so they're always a lot more interesting. Mm. Uh, and really, that first half actually plays out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second half, despite having some really good actors in it, um, Annette mm. O'Toole specifically, who I'm absolutely. Oh, I was going to say Annette O'Toole, right? Yeah, she, she plays Beverly. Yes, so yeah. I'm absolutely in love with Annette O'Toole. She's great in any 
time of her career. I think she is just one of the loveliest and most talented and interesting um, actors of her generation. Yeah. Um, and under and grossly underrated. Very underrated. Yes, you're Very right. Very underrated. You're yeah. right. Um, yeah. So you might know her as Martha Kent in Smallville for, for those trying to put a name and a face together. Yes. Yeah. She's just absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. And also played Lana Lang in Superman 3. She did. Absolutely did. Yes. <laughs> She's got her nerd cred. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but the second one does sort of, you know, drag a little bit and isn't all that interesting in terms of that second half mm. that's when a lot more of those special effects come into it yeah uh, and it would have been like you know green or blue screen back in the day yeah. back in 1990 on a tv budget yeah yeah uh, so i'm sure it would have been you know huge for the time but those effects do not date well at all the flip side to that if the story is strong enough you do not care yeah the problem is the story is not that strong enough yeah and you notice it even more also um, the way of getting rid of Pennywise, if you will, or making him a bit more dormant. Mm. Um, and this is comes back to the original text, which I have not read, but I'm assuming it is in the original text because it's in the miniseries. Uh, it feels like just such a cheap cop-out for me. Mm. I've always had a bit of an issue with with uh, with it. Mm, okay. Um, Again, I'm being reluctant to give spoilers, but yeah, uh, you know, and I haven't seen, um, in terms of the remakes, I, I haven't actually seen the second movie yet. Oh. Uh, been holding off a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, it's on the list, clearly, yeah. but I think it's because I love the 2017 film oh my goodness. so much. Me too. And I've always been a little bit concerned because, again, the first one deals kids it's a lot more interesting this way yeah uh, the stakes are high those kids are fantastic oh my god those kids are so good yeah and it from 2017 um is one of the most beautiful films aesthetically the way it is photographed mm-hmm. the way it's cut together mm-hmm. it is gorgeous mm-hmm. the, there's just so much things to love about the original it oh yeah um so I haven't ventured into part two yet, which I know is a bit silly of me <laughs> because it's one story, whether I like it or not. So this chapter two, true. I haven't seen yet, yeah. uh, but I'm figuring out, I know how it ends based on the mini series. So yeah. I wonder if it maybe translates better All right. because the momentum is stronger. All right. We're going to talk spoilers off air then. Let, yeah. Yeah. Not right now. No. Just because I'm curious because I, I can't remember how the mini series ends, but I, I've seen chapter two. So yeah. I know how that ends. Yeah. So Kendall, yes. you've seen chapter two. I have. Um, and I've already talked about uh, chapter one. Mm. But, so what did you think about the latest hits? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Chapter one and chapter two. My goodness. Yeah. Like you were saying, uh, it chapter one, seven, 2017 mm. is just... It's one of my favorite horror films ever made. Yeah. It's Easily. so good. Easily. It's probably my top five. Mm. I, yeah, I adore it. I adore it through and through. And it, yeah, it's still, yeah, it's, it's one of my, it was one of my favorite movies that year. Mm. Like it was very high up on my list that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so it's so crazy because it almost never happened. Right. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a podcast with Silent Bob, hey. <laughs> Kevin Smith himself. Yeah. Uh, he uh, got to talk to Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Um, I love Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. yeah. He's so good. Yeah, great actor. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, so he's obviously in uh, chapter one and mm. in, in chapter two as well. Um, but he was talking about the behind the scenes production issues that it had because they changed directors. Right. It was supposed to be Kerry Fukunaga who was doing it first. Okay. But then he 
dropped out, I think, creative differences or something. Yeah. Um, and so then the film wasn't wasn't going to happen. Um, and Finn said he'd been already cast at that point, but then he was like, n- nothing ever eventuated. In limbo. Yeah, in limbo, basically. And so then just as he'd done Stranger Things, he literally went and filmed... Like Stranger Things season one, he went straight to filming it chapter one. Right. Um, and they came out kind of at well while they were filming it chapter one, Stranger Things blew up. Yeah. And so and so now they're glad. We, I'm glad we cast this kid we'd never heard of before. Literally what they said. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Apparently he was getting that on set. Yeah. Well, they got you know they got really lucky uh, <laughs> getting him. We're selling um, more tickets just by having you here, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so. But yeah, he's really, really great, and yeah, the, the whole yeah, the whole young cast is just yeah, they're superb, yeah, absolutely superb actors, um, and just Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Oh my goodness! Is I mean, yeah, I, I talked before about how ter- how Tim Curry terrified me, mm. um, yeah, but Bill Skarsgård's on another level. Mm. It's it's apples and oranges. Oh, it absolutely is completely different yeah. versions of Pennywise, and. Yeah, Skarsgård really nails just the complete unsettling nature, the complete sinister, mm. the unknown, the supernatural element of him, like the otherworldliness. Yeah. Like he just really, yeah, it's so creepy. And it's there's some really good scares in that. I feel yeah. like some of the visual effects might not age well eventually, but for the mm. most part, they're genuinely pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's such a great film. Chapter two, I had such high expectations on, so yeah. that's probably my own fault. <laughs> but, but it's so. But how could you not? The yeah, first after that one, one is amazing. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, yeah, and when they announced the cast as well yeah. for for the you know the grown up uh, kids, yeah, especially with Jessica Chastain playing Beverly, and she yeah. was, she was the first, probably the first name thrown in the pile. Yeah, uh, at, like. In terms of like fan casting, yeah, the fact yeah. that she got to play Beverly made me so happy because I'm such a fan of her as an actress as well. Yeah, uh, and James McAvoy playing, um, uh, what's his name? B- Bill. Yeah, Bill. Bill's the main guy. Um, yeah, he was very good, and and Bill Hader mm. was uh, as the adult Richie, the yeah. old the older Finn Wolfhard character was yeah excellent as well. But yeah, the whole cast. So the casting was on point. Mm. They nailed the casting, and the performances were pretty decent yeah um but just for chapter two just for some reason it just wasn't as it just wasn't as well done okay for my money like it wasn't it's good yeah and it's a it like you know it follows on quite well and the kids feature a bit more in this than you would have initially thought yeah because they were so popular yes they and it still ties it it still ties it together helps us remember who's playing who yeah familiarity all that stuff so that parts of it work um but then it kind of works against it at the same time because they kind of rely on the flashbacks to the kids yeah a little bit too much um, and then the, 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 the plot of the second part wasn't great. And I don't know if that's because of the novel, mm. you know, cause we all know like as great as Stephen King is, sometimes he has trouble sticking the landing when it comes to the ending and mm. of certain tales and, um, and certain bits to his stories are just very different. Yeah. Uh, I have to say some of his texts don't always translate well. And they don't. Yes, you're right. They yeah. don't translate well to film. A lot of them are very, can, yeah. very difficult to yeah. uh, adapt. But 
Yeah, I still enjoyed it, and the scares are really good, and the performances are really good, but I think the story just kind of let it down a little bit. Because, mm. it, yeah, it wasn't... And maybe it was just because we all had such high expectations. It yeah. just wasn't as good. But it's definitely... You definitely need to watch it. Right, we'll Because it's, 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 it does complete the whole story. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a lot... Definitely a lot to like in it, and there's some good payoffs, and there's some good twists. And, nice. Yeah, and stuff that they do with characters that I, I'm not sure was in the miniseries, mm. but I won't spoil what that is. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. I think maybe it was stuff that was implied but never actually uh, put into the miniseries because of, you know, of the age that was made. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's good. It's just yeah. not what it should have been. Yeah, not great. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, because like chapter one is like a 9.9 out of 10. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, or yeah, it's so, it's so good, but then... Chapter two is probably like a seven and a half out of ten. Oh, that is disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it's still I'm good. curious to watch it though yeah. now. It's even still more good. So. Maybe an eight out of ten. Maybe I'm being harsh, but yeah. it's it's up there. Yeah. But yeah, um, I really need to rewatch the miniseries though. Yeah. It's I, been so long. I won't like Kindle. Don't rush to watch it. Okay. No, I won't. Yeah. I won't. I won't. Yeah. There's other priorities that I think you need to, to have. Yes. Um, like watching Cake Fear. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's our next title? Our next, uh, well, we're going to look at the Japanese film Ringu mm-hmm. and its American counterpart slash remake, The Ring. Yes. My goodness. Yes. Some Japanese horror I do love. Oh, they do it so well. They, they? do it so good. Yeah. It's a different, they're on a different level of, yeah. of horror over there. Yeah. And The Ring sort of came out, the remake came out when, um, you know, Hollywood was having a lot of fun remaking Japanese horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, like with The Grudge, for example. Yes, as well. yes. Um, and uh, there was one with, uh, what's her face? Uh, also, there was The Eye with Jessica Alba. That mm. was another one. And like it was like Dark Water or something with um, okay. Jennifer Connolly. Okay. That was another one. So there was a bunch of them. Yeah, Ring and Grudge were the main, I They suppose. were the two main ones. And The Ring, I think, was... The first, yes, the first of the trend. That's right. Yes, yeah. um, I've seen the original uh, Ringu. Yes, and I've seen the remake. Yes. I've only seen them once though. Each. Okay, I've so, only seen the Japanese once, and I've yeah. but I've seen the American one like I can't count how many yeah. times. I love it. I love it. I remember enjoying both, thinking both were really good. Both were really scary. The the color palette, mm. very gloomy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, edge of the seat stuff. Really, yeah. yeah. So, like, really well-made, scary stories. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, though. So, uh, Ken, I'm going to throw to you. Yeah, to, yeah. To give your thoughts mm-hmm. on the ring. Yes. Well, um, I need. To, I really need to revisit the Japanese Ringu um, film because I remember watching it on SBS. Yes. One late night. Yes. SBS. Praise SBS. Um, you opened our world. You did. Blessed be the fruit. Showing us <laughs> the world. Showing us the world. Yes. Absolutely. Well said. Um, yes, I do remember watching it uh, at, probably in high school. And um, after having already seen the American version and going, oh, it's the original. I have to check it out. And mm. they, the adaptation was very good. Yeah. Very solid remake, I think. Um, and But yeah, there's, there's definitely some extra kind of scares in the Japanese version. Mm. It's just, like we said, they have their way of yeah. of really nailing that um, horror in, in Japan. It's so good. Um, but like I said, I've seen the American remake starring Australia's own Naomi Watts. Yeah. Um, killing it. 
absolutely killing it in this film. I've yeah, I've seen it like 10, 15 times. Mm. It was one of the first horror films I saw when I was of that age in high school of like, oh, I'm like 14, 15. I can watch these kinds of movies. Yeah. And it's the new exciting thing to do with all your friends at a sleepover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How great was that time when you reached 15 yeah, it's and so you good. could watch MA rated yeah. movies? <laughs> it was so great. Yes. It was such a time. Exactly. But yeah, so me and my, my friends, we would all have sleepovers and watch horror films. Yeah, it's a thing to do. It was the thing to do, yeah. And The Ring was one of them. Uh, and, yeah, it stuck with me. Like, mm. and just this, how scary it is. But the way it, the way it's shot, like you said, and the mm. color palette, the tape itself mm. is so creepy. It's so... Even to this day, it's still... Because, like, the, on the DVD, there's actually a special feature where you could watch the tape. Oh. Just on its own. Wow. And did you? I used to, yeah. And did the phone ring? <laughs> the phone, <laughs> phone didn't ring, but I tell you what, I was fucking worried. <laughs> because, holy crap, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very it's very unsettling. And it's very, like, how I really, uh, I've been meaning to look up, I never have, but just how they film certain parts of that mm. because there's like string coming out of someone's throat and yeah. nails going through nails Ooh. like fingernails <sighs> yeah yeah that shit was fucked up and yeah. then yeah and then like hu- a pool of humans turning into a pool of maggots and stuff it's it's very it's very uh, disturbing and unsettling <clears throat> disturbing unsettling imagery yeah and really effective um yeah but it's 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 such a well yeah such a well-made film and then Samara as this almost faceless kind mm. of demonic presence. Yeah. Almost demonic. Like just, I will never forget just the climax of the film is where, um, you know, Naomi Watts's boyfriend for like a, the kind of boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, mm. <laughs> there's issues there. Um, but yeah, he, he turns out he's about, he's next and yeah. Naomi Watts realizes too late yeah and she races across town to try and save him yeah because they figured out how to make it skip you and go to the next person yeah. if you watch a copy and you may or you make a copy and then watch it yeah and you get out of it they never explain why but it's just oh it's supernatural you horror. just accept you it. don't need to explain no it. you accept it it just works it's but, the law yeah but i'll never forget when you know so martin henderson's the actor mm. his boyfriend he's very good um, yeah, and when he's in his apartment and then the TV comes on yeah. and then you just see Samara crawl out of the well and yeah. then take a step out. Yes, it's from, an iconic shot. It's an iconic shot that was straight from the Japanese film. Yeah. They do it in that as well and it's done insanely well there. Yeah. Um, the both, both scenes are perfection. Mm. But in terms of horror, like, I'd never seen... Like, it was so well done because you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Because she's coming at the screen and because the movie has not shown you how she kills. Yeah. How she gets her victims. Um, It's all left up to just like quick glances of like... And your imagination. And your imagination. Which is scarier than what anyone could show you. Yeah. Until you see her put a fucking hand down (laughs) the floor. Yeah. With her wet hair covering her face. And then she like flashes forward and like moves oh, oh, the way she moves it's, I love it it's yeah it's incredible but it's also a really good story because you know Naomi Watts is playing this investigative journalist who's mm. trying to discover uh, the origin of the tape you know after her niece died because of it yes um, and then 
so it's just a very nice kind of yeah investigative like almost true crime yeah. sort of aspect to it of her trying to figure out yeah uh, the you know where the tape came from and you know who who the girl on the tape is and all this and everything behind it and yeah. it's just it's a really fascinating story yeah and as it's well. a narrative point of view that mm. gives our protagonist the uh, personal connection mm-hmm. you know, this time it's personal you know there's more at stake there's more to yeah. discover yeah, yeah yeah and then on top of that after her her son accidentally watches the tape yeah and then that's adds another another stake, layer yeah another layer to it so yeah but it's a fantastic film and I highly recommend mm. people and the original too um, revisiting for sure absolutely yeah. so good I love it. I could talk on and on yes. about the I'll ring. need to revisit the ring films yeah I'll need to do it yeah, yeah. even the ring two is not that bad okay yeah. yeah like it's not as good no as the first one but it's hard to yeah it's hard to top um that one but it's still worth your time yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. um Wayne yes my dear what's next on our list well we'd spoken before about a Stephen King adaptation so why not do another one mm. uh, Brian De Palma's Harry from 1976, yes, uh, which has had like a, a rem a made for TV remake, mm. had a uh, sequel yep. as well, yep. and then it was remade for the big screen in 2013, and yes. you just go why. <laughs> the two Carrie films we'll talk about was from 1976 and 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, is a rare example of an original and a remake. That are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. For me, though, nothing can beat 1976's Carrie. No, that's fair. Um, <laughs> it is not only one of the greatest Stephen King adaptations ever. It's probably really up there. I'm going to take out movies like Shawshank Redemption and and uh, Stand by Me and stick to the horror genre on yeah, this. Yes. Um, I would say Carrie is the best of the Stephen King adaptations yeah. in terms of the horror genre. No, that's fair. Um, Sissy Spacek. Oh my goodness. She's so good. She's so good. Is like, absolute perfection. Yeah. Um, I love the way De Palma directs this movie. I love the way he tells the story. Mm. I love the famous ending. Yeah, um, we all do. The the climax <laughs> with mm. the split screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The... Yeah, the famous the famous seat jumper at the very end. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I love how terrifying this movie is, because yes, there are supernatural elements in terms of telekinesis, uh, but it feels very real. It is gritty. It's the suburbs. It's the nineteen seventies, and it features a trope that features heavily in King's stories, and that is that of bullying. Mm. And it is just so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, like really, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible work. Everything about Carrie is just perfection in terms of filmmaking. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, story and film altogether. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I probably should actually go back. I should actually read the novel that it is based on. Um, and I say that because the remake to Carrie is also really good mm-hmm. it is so well done mm. julianne moore steals the show for me in that oh she does as the the monstrous mother oh my god carrie's monstrous mother and 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 i like how they do update some of the bits because carrie is very sheltered mm. uh the opening scene 
of you know especially of the of the original famously has her feeling traumatized when she's menstruating for the first time mm-hmm. uh, and you know we say well come on in the 2000s are we really going to buy that somebody isn't going to know about menstruation yeah. with, with access to technology and so forth yeah. but just you know a line here there early on explains why that would be a thing for our carry in 2013 and mm. i believe it yeah. and i am there all the way through it works yeah original remake for me are must-sees if you're a fan of horror movies mm. i think that they're essential viewing mm. um department 76 version though especially yeah oh, it just it's just so wonderful um kindle your thoughts on carrie yeah my gosh yeah i uh, this is another another couple of films that i could talk mm. ad nauseum mm. about um yeah my goodness the original film is yeah definitely definitely the better of the two if you mm. had to you had to pick one that's i think that's a no-brainer yeah um but it's yeah it's just such a great story and as someone who you know not to get personal but like someone who was a girl who was bullied by other girls yeah in high school as well as other boys whatever you know i mean most of us went through that shit so yeah. we can we can relate you yeah. can you can relate to that stuff but i just there's something i get some kind of joy in in seeing the 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 girl who is the victim rise up and yeah you know champion over her you know oppressors mm. um through know. a lot of trauma through a lot of trauma yeah she got through she got put through just yeah. what she had to go through takes no prisoners absolutely and she yeah she takes no prisoners in the end and she's mm. ruthless and yeah it's kind of it's 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 interesting too the fact that you know she goes from being um you know the victim to the victimizer yeah uh but then you don't you still don't hate her no because the movie and the story the way it's told they really make you hate oh absolutely those girls in that high school um and you know any of the the boys that are along with the girls you know you just and even some of the uh nicer characters become collateral damage they do you know and that's an interesting element Mm. as well but when you are that far gone Mm mm-hmm like oh yeah, yeah nothing anybody nobody's yeah. safe no and it's just it's so well done and then the fact that like at the end you know it, when it comes down to Carrie and her mom and yeah oh what a confrontation yeah yeah oh my god some yeah. great symbolism and imagery in that final confrontation mm, as well. mm-hmm. yeah it's so powerful it really really is um and yes yeah, this spacex performance again is just mm. Yeah, it's just something else. It's everything. Um, yeah, it, it really, is. really is. It really is. But yeah, I couldn't think... Uh, in 2013, I couldn't think of any other uh, young actress but Chloe Grace Moretz to play Carrie White. Yeah. And she does a stand-up job. The only thing that works against um, Chloe in this is the fact that she's gorgeous. Yeah. And whilst Sissy Spacek is also gorgeous, yes. um, has that... Yeah. slightly other look to yes. her. It, it's not a glamorous beauty. Mm, no, she's know. not a traditional beauty. No. While she's she's beautiful. Absolutely. She yeah. absolutely she's is. She's gorgeous. Yeah. But Chloe but she, Grace Marist is more your traditional. Yes. For Sissy Spacek, you, you would believe 
could be really yeah. she and yeah. it's also the way they've made her up and so forth oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that she comes across as a plain Jane you yeah, know what I mean for lack of a better term say plain, but, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> and that's suitable for Carrie and that's mm-hmm. why she's so perfect for it yeah yeah absolutely but Chloe Grace Moretz is one of my favourite um, young actresses mm. going around and um, yeah she did a phenomenal job as Carrie I really feel she she nailed it and she really captured kind of the innocence of of Carrie I think yeah like yeah and then but then when she turns mm-hmm. uh, at the prom it's she, yeah she just goes ham and it's just it's glorious yeah and the stuff they did with the the modern effects yeah was actually really impressive I agree I felt yeah I really liked it I'm having trouble remembering and you might be able to remember for me Wayne mm-hmm. just because it's been so long since I've watched both films yeah. back kind of back to back or anything um, I remember the prom scene in one of them is more violent than the other. I can't remember if it's the remake Whoa. or the original because in particular in one of them, the teacher dies. That is the original. She dies in the yeah, original? Yeah, the, the, the nice teacher the nice who stands teacher, up for her. She, she dies she in dies. the original. I, I couldn't be, remember yeah. which version it now, was. I believe it's explicit that she dies, but you do see her getting attacked um, and that she calls out to carry okay as well yeah so as like some sort of mercy and carry just doesn't yeah yeah because doesn't she get like like not impaled but like yeah something thro- yes that does sound familiar gets thrown into her yes. and she's against a wall and, yeah yeah and i remember that i remember that from the original because i remember being really feeling really sad about that yeah as well that yeah. Least, you know if you just want needed one person to survive she, it should have been, should the, have teacher, been the teacher and on her side the whole way through mm, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course you know the the fantastic ending. I think mm-hmm. was done probably done better in the original. Yes, I think. Um, yeah, just yeah. But I I adore I adore both versions like They're yourself. So good. It's yeah. If you're gonna do a horror me- remake, right? Look yeah. Look no further than um, the Carrie. I think so. Yeah, it chapter one and Carrie <laughs> Carrie remake. Yeah, uh, very 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 well. Done. Really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so <gasps> Kindle. Yes. The next title we're looking at is The Evil Dead. Now, I have not seen the remake to this, Mm. so definitely pass to you. Mm. I just remember watching the original Evil Dead Mm -hmm. when I was in high school Mm. and not liking it at all. (laughs) Thinking it actually is one of the worst films I'd ever seen at that point. (laughs) I have always made it a point, though, to say that I want to go and watch the entire Evil Dead franchise. Oh, yeah. It's worth worth watching. Yeah, because it is so iconic. Mm. Uh, but I remember just hate, really, and I mean hate, like passionately, mm. hating the original. And I know how revered it is uh, amongst horror fans and yeah. people of cult cinema. So oh, I yeah. feel like there was something I just didn't get or I was not in the right mind frame to watch it or to sure. give it a go. Yeah. Um, so, over to you, my dear. Yes, well, I've seen all the Evil Dead stuff, with the exception of Ash vs. the Evil Dead series. Which yeah. I, I've heard is quite good. Yeah. Um, but... In terms of the first Evil Dead film, it's I think it's very impressive for what it is, considering it's Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell straight out of film school mm-hmm. doing yeah. this. And the fact that it's like the early 80s and the effects that they were able to pull off. Well, yeah, they haven't aged well because it's like 40 years ago. Yeah. But that, that aside, like for the time, they were very impressive and, and kind of groundbreaking. And the fact that they were able, like I said, they were able to do that on the budget they had um, and being, you know, 
one of either their first film or one of their first films. Gosh, I believe that, their first. I think it's their yeah. first film. At least feature anyway. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce Bruce Campbell's acting is not great. No. Uh, Look at the budget. <laughs> yes, but the budget, you know, but it's fine. Um, and they were best friends, so yeah. it's yeah, it's totally fine. You can you can forgive that. But yeah, Evil Dead One is very uh, much trying to be a straight up horror horror film, and it tell like it tells a good story, and mm. you know it's a cabin in the woods tale, and yeah. you know these kids kind of stumble upon a book they should not have stumbled <laughs> upon, yeah. read some words they should never have read, and you know the evil comes out, and here we go, get them one by one. Um, but then yeah. And then, of course, you get Ash and his iconic chainsaw. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah. It's, 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 so it's really good. And then it's, it's weird because number two is essentially a remake of number one, except mm. more comedic. Yeah. Like, they basically retell they throw, the, the same. They become a bit silly then, don't they? Yeah. They basically just kind of owned up to the, the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. Um, and the campiness of it and went full, full bore with that, especially yeah. with Army of Darkness. Right, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> that is... Completely different. Yeah. Completely different to the others. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. A lot of fun. Um, however, the Evil Dead remake of 2013 is incredible. Okay. And I've watched it more than once. Right, okay. Um, I think, I, what was the last time I watched it? Maybe a, a year or two ago, I think, I, I revisited. But I, I adored it. Mm. I thought it was really great. Um, and it's it's a modern horror story you know, remaking this original, like this original story. And, uh, so it's, it's not, there's no campiness. There's no cheesiness. There's, yeah. there's convincing practical effects, convincing. I don't think there's much CGI oh, great. in it. I yeah. don't think there probably would have been a little bit. Yeah. They tend to touch up, don't they? Yeah. And it's a lot more gruesome. Oh, okay. This version, yeah. uh, a lot more gruesome, a lot more blood. Mm. Uh, the acting's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I really enjoyed. And I just... With the way the story went was not where I thought it was going to go. Uh, so it's not like a scene-for-scene scene remake? No, not at all. Okay, which it's is com- why it's better. Well, yeah. I mean, scene-for-scene scene remakes, you know, take them or leave them. They're generally not great, but... They're pointless. They, well, yeah. Yeah. Psycho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but... <laughs> But yeah, this is it is yeah reimagining of the the original story, mm. and I I love it because it's yeah it's just it's I mean it's a group of friends around this cabin, but the reason they've gone there is because you know the little sister of the group is basically going through um, rehab and detoxing right. drug addiction she's been going through, and it's been awful. So there's a there's, there's a bit more depth to these characters yeah. this time around. They feel like real people. They feel more like real people. Yeah. I mean, a couple of them are just morons, um, <laughs> especially the guy who opens the book and reads it. Um, well, that's why they made him open the book and read it, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. He was a cocky asshole. He deserved to die. Anyway, um, spoilers. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a horror film. We know what happens. The cocky asshole always dies. Always and Usually dies. one of the first two. They tend to save the bitch for last. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, goes they do. Yeah. They really do. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. It's it's really good. Nice one. Yeah, really good. Some good scares. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely worth the time. Um, okay, speaking of things that are definitely worth your time, uh, the next 
uh, original versus remake we're gonna check out is the texas chainsaw massacre yes uh, oh my god i okay i full disclosure i have not seen the toby hooper original right uh, and i really 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 need to because <laughs> yeah it's it's a uh iconic piece of horror cinema that it is um i have however seen the 2003 remake starring yes. jessica biel and that was another one of those films I was watching in my early horror <laughs> viewing days in high school that uh, I specifically remember watching it with my best friend at the time at, in a dark, you know, dark room somewhere at her, in her house. And just it was scaring the shit out of us. Yeah. It, it was years before I rewatched it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the remake I, I really, really like. Um, Jessica Biel's performance was really good. Mm. I mean, a lot of the cast was, was pretty good. Like there's not too much in depth with them in terms no. of their characters, but the performances all around were, were pretty good. And you, yeah. you kind of, you did root for these characters. Like it was sad to see, see some of them go quite viciously. There's some yeah. gruesome, gruesome deaths and Leatherface in this is terrifying. Yeah. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. He's, he's inhuman. He's a monster. Yeah. And there's a scene, one of the big scenes that freaks me out the most is, uh, when one of the guys is trying to get away and they're running out, he's outside the house and they're running through all the bed sheets that are hanging from the, yeah. like the clotheslines. And then, you know, and Leatherface will come through with the chainsaw and get his leg. Yeah. And it's like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and cause he can't see where he's running. He Absolutely. can't see where he's coming from. All he can hear is the chainsaw. Yes. And himself screaming. And it's everything. like going through a maze. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Very it cat is. and mouse. Yeah, very cat and mouse. And, um, it works for that film. And, yeah. and even the opening scene, like I haven't seen the original mm. because I know, I feel like that this remaking, you've seen it. Yeah? Yes. So yes. you'll be, might be able to attest to this. I feel like it's very, not scene for scene, shot for shot, but there's a they've taken the right elements from the original. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, um, they've made it their own though at the same time, so oh, it's good. like you're not just watching the same movie. Good. It obviously has a higher budget. Um, yeah, one yeah. of the things that I think that the remake does incredibly well mm-hmm. was that I remember watching it. I felt the heat of the Texan sun yeah. on me you, while watching this movie. I felt yep. sticky and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The remake has a beautiful color palette. It does, it doesn't it? It translates the heat so well. Mm-hmm. It is really well acted. Mm. Uh, it is scary. It mm. is gruesome mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a lot of things right. It does. As a scary movie, it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also one of the few movies, if only movie by memory, that um, film critic Margaret Pomeranz actually walked out of because she hated so much. <laughs> oh, no and way. And said, what am I doing wasting my time here? And actually walked out of the remake oh. of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I'm not sure what her uh, feelings are of the original. Okay. The original in itself um, is actually can be also seen as like a bit of a black comedy. Some people find elements oh. of it uh, quite funny. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I first watched this movie... It um, is low budget, so it's gritty. Mm. And when you've got a gritty, low budget horror movie, it just feels that all the more real. real? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is loosely, very loosely based on a true story. That's true. Um, same story that inspired Psycho, Deranged, most famously. Yes. And it is actually really well made for its incredibly low budget. Mm. Um, you feel for these kids. 
the protagonist, Sally, played by Marilyn Bones, uh, is just wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful in this movie. Mm. The guy who plays her uh, wheelchair-bound brother, Franklin, is by far one of the most annoying characters in cinematic and the actor who played Franklin said that he purposely um, sort of kept his distance from the other actors um, didn't really want to get close to them because he wanted to he wanted them to really be annoyed at him oh, wow. um, and the audience is annoyed at Franklin as well oh um, no some of, there's some of the moments in, in the film are actually quite funny mm. but others are scary um, there's you know a, 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 a dinner party scene I suppose I have Seen bits of the dinner party yeah, scene. Yeah, where Marilyn is the guest of honor, so mm, to speak. Mm-hmm. And it just looks painful and uncomfortable mm, and terrifying. Mm-hmm. You really want Sally to succeed. Mm. And the way she is left at the end of the film, you feel exhausted with her. Yeah. You just feel so exhausted. Okay. But you are so happy. Um taking away any um, ramifications after the fact of the type of trauma you would have, mm. but you're just happy that she survives. Mm. Um, it's quite well done, and I think it's actually quite scary still. Oh, wow. I um, First time I watched it, uh, the movie has a date on it, you know, as in the story takes place on this date, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. And when I first watched this movie, it was on the exact same date, bar the year, obviously, but it was like, the anniversary of the events Just by pure coincidence pure coincidence borrowed oh. it from the video store popped in the old vhs and was wow. like that's today and it actually just made the film more scary than yeah, what it really I'm is i'm not surprised to hear that yeah cult classic film um last time i saw it was actually on the big screen at astro theater oh that's cool yeah it was great to see it on there with the crowd had a lot of fun yeah uh watching it it's yeah look i think it's there are bits that make you feel uncomfortable mm. um it does what the this era of horror movie does mm-hmm. well especially from emerging filmmakers and mm. you know we've, we've got the slasher movie in its infancy mm. and uh, the texas chainsaw massacre um is a precursor to the slasher movie but it's yeah. it's, it's there it's mm-hmm. an in, it's an influence uh, whether we know it or not. For sure. Um, I like the franchise, yeah. actually. Okay. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 74 has some sequels. It does, uh, yeah. Part 2 is one of the worst films you will ever see. Oh, no. Absolutely. No. And one of the other sequels famously uh, features um, Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> before they were famous. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, and the films go more comedic as they go along. The oh. dark humor is there. Yeah. So you can watch them a bit more relaxed okay. than you watch the original. Okay. Um, I believe they're in part three, uh, Matthew and Renee. That is well worth watching. It is a lot better than the sequel. Okay. Um, it, I, I would watch it. Just Even just for the fact that you've got two wonderful actors before they were famous. Yeah. Well worth watching. But it's actually a, it's an okay movie. Okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Okay. Um, the se- cool. yeah the the remake and its sequel again really good yeah, movies absolutely. quite scary yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah whilst I'm not a huge fan of Leatherface as a character no I agree with you he is a scary monster and the yeah. films are good the films are pretty good yeah awesome I really yeah. need to see the original yes really do but uh, speaking of slashes mm-hmm. Wayne yes. would you like to intro our next <laughs> yes absolutely um so the movie that turned the slasher genre 
into a franchise mm. that said people love slashes and can make money from it mm-hmm. is Friday the 13th yeah. from 1980. Yes. So a, uh, a movie that took the template from Halloween mm-hmm. and really made it its own mm. and took things from Psycho uh, quite famously mm-hmm. um, and you know, <laughs> other movies as well, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah became a phenomenon really and mm-hmm. is uh for most of its since it was created was the most successful horror franchise of all time it's been surpassed now because we've got the conjuring franchise for example so mm-hmm. has done really well mm-hmm. as well but for the longest time friday the 13th was the most profitable franchise that because it made on such a, a very low budget yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. um, mm-hmm. Oh, these, this movie is just so much fun. It's a really good traditional yeah. campfire story. It is. Uh, you've got kids isolated and there's an unknown threat. And it comes uh, in a surprising package. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about Friday the 13th a lot, so I'm actually going to talk a lot about it today. Oh, okay. <laughs> because like uh, you talking about um, and Carrie and other films as well, I could here forever yeah that's true uh, that's true we don't want to be doing we that we could go scene by scene if we wanted we really could <laughs> um but i just love i think this film is so well made yeah. um it introduced creative kills um that we'd mm. never seen before and mm-hmm. then suddenly all horror movies were doing it mm. um i love the antagonist in this movie without giving spoilers away <laughs> and i just love a lot of elements of it i like the kids in this the, yeah. the characters are good they are they've good. got their own different personalities they, they fit archetypes they do you know you've got the nerd you've got you know the jock you've got you know you've got everyone except for the bitch actually to be honest yeah that's you true. know like they're actually all likable kids yeah they're really really good mm. um and the acting's pretty good you know, for for, yeah. for what it is and for oh, the yeah. time, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, Tom Savini's special effects are just second to none, absolutely top rate. Um, I've seen this film quite a few times. And, you know, when you get into sequels, sequels tend to throw kills more often and stuff because we've got to always up the ante. Mm. But I go back to this one and I go, no, it really is the best of, of this extensive franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, a movie in the franchise that is really good is its remake um, from 2009. Yes. Um, so this movie in itself I really like, and it's contentious even amongst Friday the 13th fans and horror movies, but I really like because it is not only a remake of part one, but it takes from part two and part three as well. Oh, that's cool. And I just think that that's gorgeous. Mm. But still feels completely fresh. Mm. There's homages to these films. And I just love that. <laughs> I get a bit giddy. I was like, oh, reference to this, that, and the other, and and so forth. It's got some good humor in there as well. Mm. The characters I really like. Mm. Um, I, I love the the false start, the cold start. Mm. Feels like it could just be its own short film. It does, isn't it? Yeah, which I know throws a lot of people. It threw me the first yeah, time I watched it. Yeah, people are like, what the fuck am I watching? What's, mm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. But I really like that. I mean, it's a lengthy way to set up the plot device of the film. Mm. But again... Again, I like that it takes it in a different direction yes. because it's doing what the first film did. Mm-hmm. It had the red herring, and this is how it's done it. That's true. Yeah. Um, with the original, just going back, I love that it took from Carrie because mm. they call the ending the Carrie ending. Yes. And it gave us one of the most iconic horror movie characters in history and someone who is still identified in pop culture around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. I will go on and on and on. 
Kendall, your yes. thoughts on Friday the 13th? Yes, yes. Well, yeah, no, I'm also a big fan of uh, the original film. Um, I, I adore it, and I definitely watched it uh, when I was young as well, uh, probably in high school too. <laughs> um, Kevin Bacon, man, Ugh. one of his earliest uh, film roles, I think. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, looks up. everyone looks for the Kevin Bacon boner in this movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. New knowledge. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I need to go back because <laughs> I do do like me some bacon. Um, <laughs> I know, and and, um, we, and we love that Kevin's always happy to show us bacon. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, wild things. Hey. Hey. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. No, he's really good in it. Um, his uh, spoilers death scene mm. and it stuck with me it's the most iconic it is really yeah it really is it's stuck with me out of every, all the imagery in that film that and you know the reveal of the antagonist yeah. and the carry ending those are the three things yeah they are the most famous yeah of the, of, yeah, of the film yeah they're the three yeah they're the things that stuck with me the most and the things that i enjoy the most about it but yeah it's such a classic mm. like if you're talking classic horror it's yeah friday the 13th always has to be uh, amongst that list. I think so. Always. Yeah. yeah. It's just phenomenal. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I just, I love so much about it and the, the performances of the cast and, 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 and said antagonist. Mm, uh, wonderful. Oh, cre- creeps me out. Yeah. But so, so effective. Yeah. Like just, just great. Uh, and yeah, just the, the, yeah, the ending is so good. Like, I just, I love when, you know, films, mm. whether it's horror or not, but you get lulled into certain sen- false senses of security and yeah. then things get flipped on their head. Absolutely. And, yeah. The love score that. plays such a big part. It um, does. Not only throughout the film, but it's so essential to that ending. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, phenomenal. Um, the remake, I've only seen the one time. I watched it a couple of years ago now. Mm. And yeah, I did. I was thrown with that uh, yeah. that first. It's not even the ha- first half. It's probably like the first like forty minutes of the film, mm. almost. But it feels like a lot for like like a you know a, a prologue kind of setup. Yeah, for a cold opening. Yeah, a cold open. Yeah. Thank you. That's the phrase I needed. Cold open. It really is like an extended cold open. Yeah. Um, you know, to set up your main story because obviously the two end up connecting mm. via certain characters. Um, but yeah, I really liked what they did with that and how, you know, it told its own version of the story. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, or, you know, and the origins of, of certain, certain characters and, yeah. and, and Jason. Of course. The man. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. One of the things that it did and some could argue is, is a bad thing, but I loved it, uh, is one of the things is that Jason tends to pop up everywhere and seems to always, even though he's walking, seems to outrun people who are running. Mm. I love that this film gives a bit of an explanation into that. I like mm. that they try to go deep into it. Mm-hmm. They really want to make you believe um, because you do. You, you you do believe it. Yeah, um, you do. You know, he, he is this man who stalks and hunts. Yeah, I really like the uh, the insight into him yeah. that you get in yeah. this film. Derek Mears is just absolutely beautiful mm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably my favorite Jason actor. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think wow. his portrayal of Jason Voorhees is everything it should be. It is he's a towering figure. Mm. He moves 
um, you, he owns mm. the woods. He owns the forest that he yeah. lives in, the grounds. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's absolutely stunning in mm. this film. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. And I love the fact that you see where he gets the mask from. Yeah. Like, I mean, they didn't need to do that. No. But, I but liked, we wanted it. <laughs> we wanted it. Yeah. And the way they did it was, was yeah. really effective. And, and mm. yeah, they made you feel for Jason yeah. at the same time. And mm. tried to make you think that maybe there was a way in to yeah. bring him back. And Yeah. Well, it sort of links to the fact that we know Jason has feelings. Mm. So I think... Because it's he's not happy about his appearance, <laughs> that he finds something to physically mask himself. Yeah, that's right. Goes into his psychology a lot. Yeah, yeah. And we don't need to go into a huge backstory about Jason being bullied or anything like that. That scene tells us that, and also it links why um, certain other characters are significant to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I yeah. just I, I love I love this movie. I love the way that it is shot. I yeah. think it's just beautiful. It as is well. great. And yeah. just a quick shout out to my girl Fulia, our yes. girl Fulia, even though she's not here. One Jared Padalecki is one the of the beautiful stars. Beautiful Jared Padalecki. The beautiful Jared Padalecki yeah. is in this film, and he is superb. He absolutely is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, like I I love the kids and I really like the kids in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. So uh, we've got one more set of uh, original versus remake. Contentious to one. do, and a very contentious one, very interesting one yes. for us to end on, and that is uh, the original classic mm. uh, that is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, uh, from 1984 versus the not as classic mm. uh, remake uh, by the same name from 2010. Yeah, so Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, is the film uh, that essentially um, gave us New Line Cinema. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So New Line Cinema is often referred to as the house that Freddie built. Oh, no way. Because of its success, it... It gave way it, it, to... It gave us New Line. So oh. I'm sure New Line made other films before this. Yeah. But this is the movie that... Made them a... That secured New Line Cinema oh, as a wow. filmmaking company. Oh, that's cool. And it is the reason why it exists today. Holy crap. Yeah. So around in horror circles yeah. um, and really just uh, film circles when we discuss production houses, uh, New Line is often referred to as the house that Freddie built. Wow. Because of, because of this A Nightmare success. on Elm Street. Yes, it was huge. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Wow. So... Um, Horror movies, horror fans owe a lot to Wes Craven. Oh, uh, wow. He'd been making uh, <laughs> scary stories before, such as The Hills Have Eyes, mm. uh, which is, and gosh, an interesting franchise to begin with. Hits and yeah. misses. Yes. Um, but we won't, we won't we go won't there because I'll go on and on about The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and and Iron Man Elm Street is, yeah, really interesting. It plays into, uh, you know, uh, teenagers' fears. Um a broader community spheres as well. Mm-hmm. We've got Freddy Krueger who is venging his death after the parents uh, of uh, Elmwood, uh, Elmwood, Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, because I think Springwood is where they where okay. they live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Springville, something like that. Yes. I know it's not Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 
you know, go against him because he's been murdering children. Mm. So it's interesting when we have a character who has children as their victim because we associate other crimes and and atrocities with that. It's Mm. not explored in A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. Mm. And this is interesting that we hold a villain in high esteem because we love Freddy as a character. Oh, he's a great character. He's incredibly campy. Yeah, and over the top. Yeah, um, and is you know quite traumatizing and, and taunting, and mm-hmm. going through dreams is just again fascinating. What's reality? What isn't? Uh, it's a clever movie and a really clever premise mm. and really well made. Mm-hmm. The original Nightmare on Elm Street is the best of the franchise. Okay, that we have. It's yep. it's really good. Nice. Features a young Johnny Depp yes, as well. Yes, I know that. Yes, yes. Um, so when we get to the remake in 2010, we explore Freddy Krueger a little bit more, and they call him out um, for certain crimes. Mm. This, I think, is the plot element that probably annoys fans of Freddy Krueger, I would say. Yeah. um, Because it is quite sinister. Mm. As more sinister as we can make, as as he could be. Yeah. Um, Obviously, everyone wanted Robert England to play Freddy again. Yes. But we we didn't get that. No. Um, However... We do get a really good performance, yeah, I think. I, yeah. You know, I, I think this interpretation of Freddy Krueger is pretty, pretty good. And I actually like that they were brave enough to do something a little bit different with this one. I think it's a really well-made movie, mm. and I think it's actually quite scary still. Okay. I'm a fan of the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. But Kendall, yes. you have other views on this. Yes, well, um, so... Jackie O'Haley was the actor who played yes. Freddy Krueger in this remake. Um, and yeah, he does he does give a good performance. Um, so I should preface my uh, little discussion I'm about to do with, I haven't actually seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. and I know for shame, uh, <laughs> I will go hang myself um, <laughs> in the town square for you all to see. But, um, but no, I, I, I definitely really do want to watch it though. Uh, and I have seen, for some reason, I've seen Freddy versus Jason. Yep. Um, because the idea of those two horror yeah. titans coming together and mm. yeah, I've seen Robert Englund and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's just an awesome actor. He, yeah, he really is. He loves to chew the scenery. And yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he owns it and he just he loves it. And mm. it's, we've, we've come to expect it. We have. And yeah. And even though I haven't seen the original uh, Elm Street, um, what I have seen of his performance of Freddy mm. is fantastic. And I kind of just prefer that, I think, to mm. Jackie Earl Haley's take on the character. A bit darker. Yeah. The the remake is a lot darker. And especially mm. that that tracks with the um you know, the extra storyline that they give yeah. Freddy uh, in that and his backstory and yes. his origin. Basically, that did yeah piss a lot of people off. I remember at yeah. the time. Um, yeah, I saw this the remake at the cinema, and I remember yeah I just remember not liking it that much. But then yeah. again, it came out what twenty ten yeah, so I was in my early twenties. Yeah, you know probably might have a different opinion of it now. It's yeah. been it's been ten years. Might revisit it. Mm. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I just remember not not enjoying it that much. Like thinking it was thinking it was all right because I really love the concept of mm. this this monster that this evil vengeful spirit basically that can get inside your dreams and kill you. Yeah. Um, because there's always that, 
I don't know if it's a what conspiracy theory is not the right word, but that urban legend yeah. about how if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Whether that's scientifically accurate or not yeah. is up for debate. But um, the fact that they've you know, Wes Craven took that and played with it. Played with it superbly, I'm told. Um, and obviously, considering how iconic the original film is. Yeah. Um, but and as in terms of the remake, yeah, I like the way. I feel like I remember liking the cert, the certain scares and the way the hmm. technology kind of the modern CGI yeah. uh, affected that in certain parts. Yeah, it was done done quite well. It was actually. done pretty. It was yeah. done pretty well. I think I just. I don't know. I feel like I need to sit down and watch them both back to back to really kind of yeah have a, a better opinion on mm. on both of these. But yeah, I just remember not not loving mm. the film as a whole, and I don't think I I don't think Freddie needed that extra backstory. Oh, I mean, sometimes yeah, that kind of I mean it kind of worked maybe for the film they were telling because as we said, it was grittier, it was yeah. darker. The, the take on the character was less campy. It was yeah. 2010. It wasn't 1984. Yeah. Very different times. Yeah. But, But yeah. did it need it? Probably did not. It, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially if we want to hook on to the antagonist, because this is the thing, right? Mm. You've got the shark and jaws. Yeah. You know, you've got Michael Myers in Halloween, Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees in the Friday the 13th franchise. You've got Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. You have to link to something. Mm. So with with the shark in Jaws, it's, he's a natural predator. He's yeah. doing what he does. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's actually blameless. Yeah, that's true. Do you know he what is. I mean? He is, yeah. Um, you've got Jason Voorhees, who we know was, was traumatized uh, as, as a child and a huge trauma is the motivation behind his killing spree in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Myers has his own trauma and issues. Freddy Krueger, not a nice guy, but we link to his humor. Yeah. We link to the creative kills. We, there's a sense of fun in these movies. Yeah, okay. So when you add a sinister edge, um, as they've done in the remake, I can see that devoted fans would get ticked off. Because I like the Freddy films, mm. but I don't hold them in the highest... In the high esteem that, say, I hold uh, Jason or Michael, mm. you know, or, or other films. But I, but I do like them, but, yeah. I, but I'm just not a, a diehard fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the remake didn't offend me. I actually like that they did something different with it. Yeah, and I can respect that. But if this is your man... Yeah. Like, Jason is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know, uh, Thor is yours. Yeah, right? true. Yeah. Um, they throw an angle that has been, that one could argue is implied or hinted at, mm. but never explicitly said or explored, and you feel safe with that. Yeah. And then it's explicitly done. You, you would get ticked off. Yeah, and it kind of takes away... Like, I don't know if it makes it more real in a way. It kind of takes yeah. away some kind of the the fantasy supernatural element and yeah. you're kind of maybe grounding him more in, in reality. I think so. And also because, you know, you're excited to see the villain. Yeah. You can't really get excited. Really. No. You know, it puts the villain in a different light. It does, yes. Yeah. Again, not a diehard fan, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because, again, you did something different. Yeah. It's a well-made horror movie. Yeah. You know, you've given a new take that not everybody would appreciate, though. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you've taken the, the, you know, the balls, basically, to give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think especially because as the original franchise went on, it just got sillier and more over the top and yeah, campier. Yeah. Campier. Yeah. Um, you know, that's now the tone. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this um, is very different. Very different. Mm. But I, I still applaud them for yeah. for doing something no, different with it. Like, I think. And again, I think this is also why I like the, the Jason remake a lot is because it didn't just remake the original. It actually took from three films. Uh, so I like that. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. I think that's it. Then. That is it. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was an epic... Popcorn culture discussion. That's it, it was because horror movies because, are amazing. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And, you know, we're going to take advantage of the fact that Fully is not here. Yes. 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 Uh, Cause I don't think poor Fully would have said much anyway. No, no. not with that. <laughs> no, no way. She would have she left the room long ago. Absolutely. Oh goodness. We love you, Fulia. We do love you, Fulia. That was a great discussion, Kendall. That was. Um, and I've got some recommendations now to watch some movies I haven't seen yet. Yay, and, and to revisit. Yes, and me too. Yes. Me too. This has been awesome. Um, cool. So, what's up with Fred then? Well, I now have a bit more free time. Yay. And jumping back into the Fred Shed to watch some movies. Yes. Uh, so, Fred Watch is my, my title. So, I'm hoping to get back into the MCU. Um, and we'll reintroduce Marvel Mondays soon, I hope. Excellent. Um, I've got some... Some new Fred Watch written quickie reviews mm-hmm. coming your way. Yay. Uh, so away from the Marvel franchise. <laughs> so we can mix things up a little bit. Yes. And this month we will have a new Fred Watch. So Philip, Fulia and myself will review Puberty Blues at the end of the month. Ooh, look it's forward exciting. to it. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to um, catching up to watch some more movies. Hell yeah. For Fred Watch and having some beautiful special guests along the way. Yay. Yeah. Kindle, how about yourself? <laughs> well, apart from maybe being a beautiful special guest on a mm-hmm. podcast, <laughs> stop flattering me, Wayne. Um, <laughs> but don't actually ever stop. Um, <laughs> keep going. Keep, keep going. going. Keep, keep going. going. Um, yes. Yeah, so for me, um, yeah, basically this this week has all been about the change of collectible chaos. Mm-hmm. The new format has arrived for 2020. Yes. Um, so it's still basically the same beast as it was, you know, my top 10, <laughs> my top 10 films of 2019 for my January episode, uh, of course. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's me talking about each film and, and yeah, it's, it's, I love, I love doing it because I, all of the movies that came out last year, it was a very long list of mm. films that I had to narrow down and yeah, I, I adore each and every one of them. It was a good um, year for cinema, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic year for cinema. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, we've, uh, I've recorded it as a podcast, so you can also check out the Collectible Chaos cast now Yes. Uh, as part of the Fred the Alien podcasting canon mm-hmm. uh on all your podcast apps um do it do it please let me know what you think um it's basically an extended uh deep dive um from what you see in the 12 13 minute uh video right i just expand a bit more on my thoughts on certain characters and scenes there's there might be some spoilers in there so just maybe be wary mm-hmm. uh if you're going in feel free to skip ahead <laughs> past certain spots i think i've decided i might be a bit more mindful of spoilers in the future Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? We'll figure something out. Yeah. Depends what you want to say, I suppose. It depends. Well, it was for a couple of films on the list. It was a bit hard to talk about them and not talk about spoilers. Um, But, yeah. Anyway. Um, So, please go check that out. The video is live on YouTube right now. Mm -hmm. Top 10 films of 2019 and the podcast uh, companion for that. Please check out. Let me know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. 
Um, and then, of course, this week, Fulia and I will be stepping into the Winifred Shed. Oh, hello. Hello. And bringing you the first episode of the monthly at Winifred's for 2020, mm-hmm. where we are going to be discussing our spoiler-filled thoughts on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Hey. With all of uh, your reactions and reviews and likes and dislikes. So if you have missed the post on social media, check it out. Mm. Facebook, Instagram, and the like um post your thoughts we want to hear from you guys so we can have a big old chat this week and finally get the monthly out into the world for the new year yes first yes. episode of the new year yeah, yes super exciting I love it's, my monthly yeah me too it's great fun um so a week late but you know life life <laughs> Life, life and other commitments. Yes, yes, it's it's completely my fault. I stole Kendall no. and Fulia uh, to do a show. <laughs> we did, but it was you know I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, so. I wouldn't either. It's fine. Yes, <laughs> good, good. But yeah, I think that's that is it from us. I'm sure there'll be some incompetent gaming from uh, from either Phil or Fulia in the future. I imagine, yeah. And yes. Bethany's dropped a beta test recently Did as well. She? So Fantastic. gaming reviews on for the gaming productions.com. Head yes. to it. Check it out. Uh, I think that might be it though. That is it. That also, is it. yeah, have a read of Fulia's first oh, uh, yes. Studio Ghibli animation. Yes, she uh, finally she yes. finally posted her first Review and it yes. was for my neighbor Totoro, right? Yes, one of yeah. my favorite Studio Ghibli oh. movies. So it was a great review of a great film. Yes, well Good done, job, Fulia. Job, Fulia. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Go check that out, people. Do def, it. Def, do it. How many times can one say do it? No, never enough. I reckon. Do it. Do it. Uh, yes. Well, uh, that's it. That is it. That is it. That is all. That, that was, was a podcast, podcast called Fred. Fred. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Time for the Fred plugs. Mm-hmm. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for future podcasts from Fred the Alien. Follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. For Fred the Alien merchandise, go to our website, fredthealienproductions.com, and follow the link to our Redbubble, where you can get apparel, home decor, bags, and stationery. With our own unique Fred the Alien designs by our talented team, Unibums, Incompetent Gamers, our live stage shows, and more that was the Fred plug. Yeah, it was. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Wayne Stellini, and, and you've, you've just experienced, experienced a podcast, podcast called Fred. Fred. Yeah, you have. Yes, you have. Episode 102. 102. Remember to eat beef. Never forget. Never forget. To eat beef. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag never forget. Something tells me that's not what that's supposed to mean. No, but no. just get your beef in you anyway. Get y'all beef. Get it. Get it all up in ya. Get uh, it's been a while. Yep, it's been been a bit. Yeah, it has been since we've had our beef in us. Since the beef. Since the beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? Where's the beef? <laughs> Where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Yes. And scene. scene. <laughs> <laughs>